three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple. Hope you're all having a great week so far. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. And I'm here with my friend who doesn't believe in upgrading computers. I'm here with Kayla. Kayla, how are you? I feel attacked, honestly. Um, <laughs> but folks, he has a point. My laptop is from 2010. 11 years without upgrading your You know what? I made it 11 years through life without a lot of upgrades, as a lot of us have, right? There's a joke in there somewhere. 11 (laughs) years? So, like, Uh, I, uh, like. It's fine. So, just to put in in perspective, the last time Kayla had a new computer, Iron Man had just come out, basically. (laughs) That's what just to put in perspective. A turning point for so, us all, truly. Exactly. But quick story time. Um, we are reviewing uh, something I'll get to here in a second. But Kayla has been incredibly persistent <laughs> in wanting to review BoJack Horseman for at least a year. And if you've listened to the podcast for any sort of uh, for a decent amount of time, you know we put out a pretty consistent amount of content here. And... One thing I just don't do often is review TV shows because they're kind of difficult to review. And so Kayla, being silly, was like, hey, we should review the whole series. I went, that would be at least a four, five hour recording for absorbing six seasons of BoJack at 12 episodes piece. So we were originally going to do seasons one through three. And as I started going through it, I went, yeah, that's way too much. So what we're going to do... Uh, whenever you listen to this, because I'm not even sure when I'm going to post this, but when you hear this, it's going to be seasons one and two, one recording, and then three and four, and then five and six, because just the penult- uh, the penultimate episode of, se- of, the season- of the series, we could probably go an hour on, just on that Absolutely. episode alone. But, but who has time for that? That's Yeah, but that's down the road. So we're talking about seasons one and two tonight, so... The show, of course, um, uh, created and uh, executive produced, uh, writes it too, right? Uh, Raphael, Bob, uh, is that uh, Finks? Thank you. Um, I've seen some interviews with him. He's an incredibly witty guy, so that was actually, I mean, clearly he's writing this Oh my God, show. absolutely. But, but when, um, when I first met Kayla a few years back, she, like, one of the things I found out she's obsessed with besides sloths. <laughs> Is is this is this fucking show? And it's really hard being uh being a critic and having people recommend stuff to you because you always kind of go in that critic mode of oh god, are they just telling me this because they want me to review it, or they tell me it's because they're actually passionate about it? And to Kayla's credit, she'd always be referencing the fucking show, and I was like, wait, what are you referencing? And she'd be like, oh, Bojack, and. I just got to a point I got sick of not being able to get the references that she was talking about. So just one night I got really hot. I just sat in my room. I went, all right, I'm going to start this. And the show season one really just kind of hits you 
in the it just kind of hits you in the balls like second episode in which i went oh all right this is how it's gonna be and i'll be honest it's really impressive that it goes as many places as it goes even so early on but i want to ask you because again you're the super fan mm-hmm. here what kind of got you going with the show? Like, how did you kind of discover it? the interesting thing. So I used to be a manager at a Jimmy John's of all places. And my coworker, who, big film guy, but, like, in a pretentious way. Like, not in a fun way like the real pineapple is, right, with all the guests that you bring on. But in a way that, like, you hear him talking about movies and you just want to smack him, right? One of those. We all know that person. So he's talking to me about it, and he's like, you need to watch BoJack on Netflix. Like, you love Futurama. It's totally up your alley. I promise, I promise, I promise. And he's like, it's going to take you a few episodes to get into it. Just keep going. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I would say by episode, because, and he's right, it does take you a few episodes to get into the show. And I give everybody that advice, like, Right when I start out, because I think it was season one, episode five that like hooked me. Right. Um, okay. So that's how I got started on it. And honestly, you look at it and you're like, oh, cute. This little animated thing about a washed up sitcom actor. OK, whatever. Like the animation style, it's good, but, you know, a little clunky. It's just stylist. Right. So you see it and you have no idea what to expect. But here's the thing, to me, this show is the best exploration of addiction, existentialism, trauma, Hollywood, how we speak to things and handle things as a nation based on the media, like the best exploration of all of that. Plus, there's animal puns, because, duh, it's about a talking horse. So (laughs) it has a little bit of everything in my book and that's why I'm so captivated by it is just how it can go from one place so dark but also so relatable and that is one interview with Raphael Bob Waxberg that I watched was you know they talked to him they're like you cover such heavy material Like, what brought you to that? And one of the biggest things he said was, well, this is why we had to use animation to tell this story. You know, animation makes it easier for us to all digest because some of these some of these episodes, if it were um, if it were action, it would be um, it'd be hard to watch. And even some of it as animation, as we know, who have watched it, it's be hard to watch yeah the thing about the show in particular is that the media when you attack some of the topics that the show attacks and we'll we'll get into that the way you're telling it the medium is important i mean that's why one reason why a lot of people go the podcast route or go the you know the twitch or the youtube route but it does help having these brightly colored animals and like well-drawn animals to kind of help digest the very bitter pills that the show throws at you that you go wow that's fucking like the show starts off with bojack on charlie rose and he talks about how oh yeah i'm really drunk right now uh but i parked in a handicapped spot is that okay and 
that's literally a minute in. I went, wow, all right. So this is kind of where we're this is kind of where we're going. But I appreciate that. Like, I mean, it's it's fucking funny, but but I want to go through the cast here real quick before we kind of dive in. So Will Arnett, um, oh huge God. fan of Will Arnett. Absolutely uh, I think brilliant. the man is fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, I, damn it. <laughs> I mean, you think about, uh, I mean, he's great in Ratatouille. He's great in, as a Lego Batman. Of course, Arrested Development, which I'll admit is a show I really enjoy, but those last couple seasons on Netflix really soured me on, on Arrested Development. You I know, just as don't a fan base, we good, just pretend but... those don't exist, and we move on. Yeah, it, it, th- those are just, those are rough seasons, but, you know, but again, War on that's fucking incredible. Um, I have a hot take, because we do that here. I actually think Aaron Paul is better on I've here never than seen he's on Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, so I'll take your I word think on it because that's shocking. Dude, that you've Hunter, never seen Breaking Bad. My whole life really? is people being like, oh, You haven't seen this? How have you not seen this? <laughs> and then one day I will die. <laughs> that is my life. Okay. Like, I rewatch shows that I enjoy because I know they're going to be good. Right? Like, it's a comfort thing. My therapist says it's a trauma response. I don't really know what to say to all that. I just know that Aaron Paul is absolutely phenomenal on this show. Todd Chavez is the character that he plays, and he has some of the best character development of, like, out of everybody on this show. And that's saying something because, whew, these characters, all of them, they, um, they really go on their own journey. Yeah, so Todd is the one, and we'll we'll get into it. But I really do wish I had uh, the learn how to use Todd in better ways as the show goes on. I'll I'll leave that that for now. Um, Allison Brie, I won't even go through all the ways and reasons I love her so much. Um, just off community alone, she's bought so much real estate just off that shit alone. Um. I'm still upset with Netflix that Glow got canceled, uh, but I won't I go know. off on that. Same. But, I did actually see Glow. But, oh my god, you actually you 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 watched you yeah, watched well, okay, so kind of <laughs> sidetrack. So my massage therapist of all people, because I went to his house for appointments and he was watching it. So pretty much every time I went and got a massage, we would hang out afterwards and watch Glow. Yeah. Yeah, Glow's a great show. If you haven't watched Glow, people, seriously, watch Glow. Glow's a lot and of Netflix fun. Netflix should sponsor um, you. We're plugging she all their da- shit right now. <laughs> right? I, I mean, uh, Netflix. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reviewing Concrete Cowboys this weekend. Come fake, on. But, okay. but The title of the show or movie. Uh, yeah, I don't actually know. Uh, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie actually about black cowboys in Philly. Oh. It's actually a real thing. So, yeah, oh. more you know. But... Diane might be my favorite character outside of Todd because she is. I don't, oh, do I want to say she's the most layered character? That might be a leap, but we can discuss that. But Diane is a character at first at the show. I would say protects the most, and then when you get to meet her family, that's you realize, the exact oh, episode that she's I was hooked her- on was episode five when we get to meet Diane's family. And here's the thing: Here you go. I am. I don't say this lightly. I'm literally Diane. I'm just a little less preachy. 
your man. <laughs> I, I, I feel like a perfect blend of uh, Todd. Oh, absolutely. Butter. That's pretty much. That's pretty much. And where Mr. I Peanut land. Butter um, is played by I, the amazing Paul F. Tompkins. He has very funny stand-up, and he's just perfect in this role. The nice thing that I like about him, since he's kind of a secondary main character, right? It to a Sidewell Arnett, yes. is he has kind of a higher pitch voice, right? So they kind of offset each other. They balance each other out, not only in the writing of the show, because Bojack Horseman, he's this washed up, bitter, angry, drug addict, alcoholic, narcissist, like, dude's a mess, right? And then you have Mr. Peanut yeah, Butter, who is just love and light, and he's washed up too, but he's just so grateful to have had the opportunity and to continue having opportunities in his life. On the flip side of that, though, he becomes one of those toxic positivity kind of characters. So you have, you know, yeah. the toxic negativity that is Will Arnett and BoJack Horseman, right? And um, you've got toxic positivity on the other side, which is Mr. Peanut Butter, Paul F. Tompkins. It's basically the SpongeBob syndrome of the fact you're so positive that you're not addressing reality. But Bojack, Bojack is so consumed with his own reality, he can't be positive. And that's kind of the hilarious irony is that if they could just meet in the middle, which to his credit, Mr. Peanut Butter tries everything he can to try to be like to talk to Bojack and Bojack, maybe outside of only Todd, he shits on Mr. Peanut Butter so often. You're like, God, like I could get. I can understand the over positivity being being annoying. I've I've known slash know people mm-hmm. like that, so I understand that sometimes you're just like you're just like shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. But but Bojack gives it to him in a way. I'm like, oh man, all right, man, like cut like cut him a little slack. Like I know you're a miserable piece of shit, but just because so the show is so. I'm conflicted with the show in the best way, in the sense of there are times where I understand why Bojack's frustrated because I'm frustrated for him watching the show. Um, the sh- the episode that hooked me was uh, episode two, uh, the troops which are is jerks. the um, uh, that's Bojack hates the troops because. So here's the thing: as someone who works in customer service and has people go oh, do you have a military discount? And I go, well, yeah, we don't technically have one. And they go, oh, really? And it's like, wow, you entitled... Like, he's not (laughs) wrong. So the whole second episode, I'm watching it. I'm like, dude, thank you. Because the irony and, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, Soapboxing Coming, the whole fact that we do not have a draft anymore, the fact that we act like, hey, America's not a violent country, we love everyone, and yet we put men and women on this incredible, uh, on this incredible just uh, pedestal of them volunteering and then have the nerve to go ahead and not take care of them when they go home, and yet some troops act like, you know, they're entitled to shit when they come home, and yet we don't address the PTSD or the broken relationships or any of that shit. When Bojack goes off about that in episode two, I went, yeah, you're a thousand percent correct. And I'm just going to, just I mean, like I said, we're just going to jump in because there's so much to fucking cover. But he runs into this literal Neil Navy McBeal, SEAL. The which Navy SEAL, we talked voiced about, by Patton Oswald. 
And can I just say, oh I God, love Pat Oswalt so much. He he's so t- great in this show. He's- yeah, he plays a, a Pinky the Penguin. He's a major uh, recurring well. character he's in the show. Thank goodness. Because I need more Pat Oswalt yeah, in the show. It- like, if he had just been Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, and that was it, devastating. Right? Like, thank goodness we get him reoccurring throughout the entire oh, series. Yeah. Which, again, is a is a very good get for them, and I'm very happy they were, they were able to make that work. But Patton Oswalt, in my opinion, top five stand-ups of all time. I think Oswalt's a mm-hmm. genuine genius. That's a guy I would love to just talk to for 20 minutes. Um, a great Oh, my God. He, too, he if you're, laughs if you're on, on Twitter, like... <laughs> if, if you're yeah if you're on twitter watching him t- just take down ted cruz over and over is one of my favorite things so uh, from this do. year like... but <laughs> I, mean, I mean you're not wrong but but what i love about uh, about the episode is that it really does paint a very realistic situation because look if you've gone grocery shopping you know that there like there are times that people just leave their carts out or whatever and like leave the cart with stuff in there so the whole crux of the argument is that he wanted uh the, the seal wanted these muffins and called dibs which the moment he said that i went i call bullshit because to bojack's point you didn't have these muffins in the cart you just expected them to be here when you got out of the bathroom i went yeah he's a thousand again well, here's thousand the thing that correct. i love you about episode that- two and why it is such a grabber is because so in the first episode they show you who the fuck Bojack is. They show you how he interacts with his friends, his girlfriend, his staff, basically, you know, people who he hires to make him look good, publicists, things like that. They show you and you're like, oh, this guy is a fucking asshole. And so in episode two, where they show you this scenario that we can all relate to, and it's like, okay, so yeah, he's an asshole, but like, same Right? Like, it kind of makes you look in the mirror. Like, you're like, okay, I get it. This guy just got back from Afghanistan. And you know what? Yep. He is probably a hero. But, like, I don't know. I don't want to get too political and discuss how I feel about the troops. But the point is, is that they do a really good job of expressing a side of an argument that's a little controversial that we can all agree with and kind of put ourselves in that and that was necessary because episode one is, whew, it's rough, but in a good way. Okay, you know, I'll, 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 you don't have to get political. I'll do it. You're volunteering. There's no draft. Sorry. Like, if you're gonna come okay, back, okay. Well, be then an let asshole, me just like, say a quick thing. Look, so they- here's the deal: America is never gonna have socialized medicine or government subsidized healthcare because that is reserved for people who are willing to fucking die for it. The military, they get government-subsidized housing, health care, food allowances, all non-taxable. So basically, America's like, yeah, no, socialism works if you want to die for it. That's the bottom line. So, yeah, Iris, yeah, yeah, we'll talk more about that offline. Oh, God, I just sounded so fucking corporate. Can you tell I spend 40 hours a week in a corporate (laughs) setting? Like... Oh, there seems to be a disconnect. We'll talk offline. No, it's, it's <laughs> well, it's one of those things. It's funny because I've 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 had friends. I have friends who have served, and one of the big things I always bring up is, you know, how are you treated when you come home? 
and yeah, you know, we can wave and high five them, you know, like when we when they walk through an airport. But I'm sorry, are we actually doing anything for the troops to address again no. PTSD when they come home with the shit that they have to deal with? No, and we make no. it impossible. They and have to fight to get their disability compensation that they so rightly deserve. They have to fight for that for months, months on end. You know, they can get a VA loan, kind of. I work with VA mortgages. That's the only reason why I bring that up. It's like, they make it impossible. And at that point, they're so fucking just exhausted. Like, I don't blame them. It should not be that hard for them to get access to the care and the benefits they deserve. But again, unless you're active duty, unless you're constantly putting your life on the line, who cares about healthcare? Like, you've served your purpose, yeah, you've been discharged, you can go fuck off, is basically how our government treats them. It's disgusting. And I'd just like to point out real quick, the opioid crisis is a thing uh, for a reason. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just, and I'll just Have you tried existing recently? Like, pain pills whole... are great. Great for that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, COVID's been rough. <laughs> I understand it's been rough on everyone, but... But, like, the show, like I said, the show, the fact that it addresses that episode two, I went, okay, that's Oh, my God, and really let's talk gutsy. about the media like, I, response I, I have... to that. So, in conjunction with all the controversy surrounding BoJack basically saying he's like, most of the troops are probably jerks. Just because you give a jerk a gun, it doesn't make him a hero. The media takes that. Which, which is a... Yeah, which we, yeah, we get yeah. it. Yeah. We can see that. So that line. the media <laughs> spins it and there's this 24-hour news coverage bashing Bojack. Where is Bojack? Why can't we get Bojack to comment? Meanwhile, they do a cutaway to another news anchor and she's like, Congress is about to vote on an education bill that would drastically cut. And the main news anchor is like, oh, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but it looks like Bojack is coming out of yep. his house. And that just speaks volumes. To what we look at as a country when we're talking about our news. Because no one actually wants to know what's really going on. They want to look at this guy who supposedly yeah, they... hates America, hates the troops. And they're like, that's an insult to American democracy. It's like, really? You don't think the media are failing to report on important issues going on in Capitol Hill and what our representatives are voting on? That's not a failure to American democracy, but that's another... Soapbox for another time. Well, the other thing is too, like the news cycle was never was never meant to run twenty four hours as well, which is clear because we have built up this sensationalistic. Um, you know, I I I will refrain from going off on Fox News for once. But, on the podcast, but I'm gonna say this about Fox but, News. Mm, on this podcast. <laughs> but. I will say I've watched that premiere of Gutfeld, that new quote comedy on quote show, and I put comedy in very <laughs> big quotes. And yeah, like it, there's no news organization that uses sensationalism and images and like like black people come for your guns more than Fox News does. So to your point, when they do do that cutaway, I went. Oh, that's really fucking accurate, and what a fucking but! If you need, if you need genuine proof of how the news cycle is, just look at how different news organizations cover the uh, the Capitol riots. <laughs> the Capitol you know, riots, or the most, it. I mean, shit, COVID, 
the entire thing. The trans bill in yeah. Arkansas. I, I mean, mean, we could go on and yeah, on about different yeah. media coverage. But the best part about it is how BoJack represents it. Be- because he's oh, right, entirely though. Like, he's, like, like, BoJack's a dick. And again, the show never, never makes you unclear on where it stands on BoJack. Even when BoJack is, is right, he's still an asshole about it. And as someone who has been accused quite often at points of doing that uh listen to my justice league review shameless um, <laughs> like it's it's a very <laughs> yeah oh absolutely it's a huge fucking it's a huge fucking thing but the one character we did not bring up i feel like oh my girl pc yes princess carolyn yeah it's princess carolyn amazing amy sadaris oh my god so i'm a big strangers uh, i don't strangers even know what that is fan. Like I like that was some that was a show on uh, Comedy Central uh, like in the nineties and I remember when I discovered it I think I was oh god I would have been seven or eight which <laughs> I should not have been watching Strangers with Candy when I was there. but you know I saw Sons of Lambs I was four Cute. so you know what are you gonna do but but she might be my favorite character from where she starts off to where she ends up. Because when she starts off with the show, her and Bojack are well. They, not she together, breaks but up with like him in the first episode. And... Yeah. So actually, oh, that's right. About yeah, this, about this specific arc because Princess Carolyn, oh God, she's incredible. So she starts. It shows him and her. They're at dinner, and she's basically she's in the process of breaking up with him. But so through the breakup, through everything, we then learn. Princess Carolyn is also his agent. So after their breakup, she calls him, throws on that customer service voice that we all we all know we can do. Anyone who's worked with the public knows what to oh, do with when we're talking about this voice. And yep. Hi, and he's how like, are you? Yeah, that, didn't we just it. break up? She's <laughs> like, I'm not calling you as your ex-girlfriend. I'm calling you as your agent. And he asks, and they start talking about it, and he goes, this is one of my favorite lines in the whole series. He asks her, he goes, as my agent, do you think I'm getting fat? What? No way. Prime of your life. And what about as my ex-girlfriend? You look like a pile of crap, ate a second pile of crap, and then crapped out a third pile of crap. Well, which which pile by? The third one. What? That is the worst one. Like, she just dishes it out. So... She's telling him, she's like, you look like a piece of shit, but let's talk about how your book is going. Let's talk about how we're going to get you back on the map. Let's <laughs> talk about what's next. Her ability to just separate, compartmentalize like that. Sure, it's a trauma response, like all of our personality traits, but it's, it, it's yes. admirable, right? Absolutely. She's absolutely incredible. And I feel like the pilot, I usually don't like pilot episodes, but it lays the stage so well of who the characters are, and the writers don't really ever deviate from that much. Like everybody really they, they, they have their voice yeah. in the pilot. Like it's not one of those things where they're better in season two. No. Like they're just consistently good. No one does anything out of character, which is really nice. Like, which I was really surprised. Now, I guess the closest thing to that would be Todd. But again, I think they're really figuring out right. Todd's character in season one. 
I think by I think by season two they kind of have a handle on it. But Princess Carolyn, though, the thing and, and you know to be to be incredibly blunt because usually I'm on here. Her response in and I'm and I'm and I'm paraphrasing a bit, but where she talks about how she takes care of other people because that's the closest thing essentially to taking care of herself. I went or she's yeah. not aware of how to take care of herself. I went, yeah, I feel that girl. Cause I was like, shit, I really feel that. And so when she is talking to Bojack about you know his projects and everything, it's a genuinely sad moment when Bojack kind of gets her hopes up again like there's going to be a future for them mm. and Mm-mm. i want to say it's episode two where she even goes i knew this was going to no, happen and um, i still allowed myself it's episode say anything what is that episode seven so yeah so basically okay uh bojack has this i don't know realization let's call it this epiphany that he really is truly in love with Princess Carolyn. And he's like, you've been there for me when everything else falls apart. And the whole episode, he spends it trying to get her back. And he's like, come on, like, you work too much. Meanwhile, she's going through a huge stressful merger at work throughout this episode. And Bojack is just consistently trying to take her away from that. He's like, no, let's, I'm going to take you out to dinner. We'll go put our toes in the ocean and... Then by the end of that episode, she's like, you know what? I deserve to be happy. And I choose to be happy. And not a second fucking later, Bojack's like, Princess Carolyn, what are we doing? We're just two lonely people trying to be a little less lonely. And they... Which is such a brutal line to deliver. Like, when, when he says that, my heart just sank for her. Because there was genuine, like oh my god, we're gonna do this. And the way that he just pulls the rug out from under her, um, or lets the lets the cat out of the bag, if you will. I'm smiling <laughs> like, so hard right now. Like, like I don't uh, want to laugh because what the <laughs> fuck, but that was god damn it. That was Come good. On. Never mind. <laughs> but, but it's a but you know, even the, but you know, even after the breakup though, she Oh, that's one of the best but, uh, moments. Oh, for but, fuck's sake. <laughs> But even, okay, so with her theoretically and literally landing on her feet because she's a cat. So she gives herself the best motivational speech (laughs) the next day. This poor girl, she wakes up, she's brushing her teeth, going to the gym. She's like, so you got your heart broken, serves you right for having feelings. And her coping mechanism is to just throw it all at her work because that's something that makes sense to her. And it makes sense to a lot of us. It's like, hey, if I do this thing for X (coughs) amount of hours, I get X amount of money. That all makes sense. Sometimes in life, when you're trying to navigate, like, for example, trying to have a romantic relationship, she's like, you know what? I choose to be happy. This makes sense. Even though she wants to be happy, the other partner can just bail. Anybody at any point can just bail. Yeah. And that always doesn't make sense. But working, that makes sense. And I relate to that so incredibly hard, <laughs> as we all do. Well, yeah, I mean, hell, when I started the podcast, I uh, I mean, you know, I, I've talked about before, but I just moved here. 
um, after having a big fight with my folks and I was, I was back to being suicidal again, like I was in high school and I just kind of started at a proxy and it's grown to what it's grown to, I guess, a couple months dear, (laughs) but, um, what's, but that was something I was so grateful for that, uh, I had, I had Scott and Colin to do the podcast with me at the time and, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm forever in debt to them for that because I don't really know what would happen if, uh, if this, you know, hadn't started, but it's a trope for a reason. Princess Carolyn, she's really great at being an agent. And I think that's something that I really appreciate about the show is that it shows her being a great agent. Like she's not, you know, trying and failing. She's really fucking good at it. And the fact she keeps getting Bojack work in itself is a fucking modern miracle because Bojack keeps finding Bojack invents oh my new God, ways to fuck this up. That is the understatement of the fucking I, year. <laughs> that is. And it just and, and I'll tell you, as a dude, there are just these points where I'm definitely being I'm like a black person in a Tyler Perry movie where I'm just yelling at the screen. <laughs> where I'm like, stop fucking up, you asshole. Like he's going through so many hoops to make this work for you. And He's so unappreciative. And to, to go back to Bojack here just for a second, I for me, that was the thing in the best way that was driving me nuts. Because every time you think Bojack has turned a corner, it's almost like he's afraid of what is around the corner as far as something positive. And then he goes, well, we can't have that. And he does something. And, and you just go, God damn it, That's super but relatable. Again, and... That is something that I really appreciated about this show because, you know, like us all, I've gone through some shit. And there were times where all these things were happening around me. I had friends, you know, stop talking to me that are no longer in my life and all these things. And I just, I couldn't even wrap my brain around it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I kind, I took on a BoJack complex. It was a blaming everybody else. It was... They just don't fucking understand. They this, they that. And then it's like, well, what's the common denominator here? Right? Like, it takes fucking guts to admit you're the fucked up one in your own scenario. And I don't blame Bojack for not being able to do that. And even though he can do that in a self-loathing kind of a way when he's drunk, it's when all these good things are coming around the corner to him that require you to say and release these patterns and these behaviors to be able to take in the good he's never fucking ready to do that even at the series the very ending of the series he's only kind of willing to do that he never fully admits that and that was one thing i was really grateful of the show because you know i was going therapy and stuff and like listening to what my therapist said watching this show i'm like oh that's what that looks like. Like, I've been a fucking Bojack. I've been a Princess Carolyn. You know, I, I'm always Diane. But that's just the beauty of the show is that they make the characters incredibly relatable, even in the ugliest of times where we don't want to admit it. Yeah, it, it's so there is a. Uh... So another character I want to bring. Oh my is, god! Uh, yeah, let's Sarah talk Lynn. about episode three, and shall we? So okay, 
so horsing around is the show. <laughs> Sorry, I love that title so much. Like, so Netflix. I know you can't bring back the show because where the show but, ends, I wouldn't want them to bring it back. Yeah, the show. they could do more horse. They could do more horse episodes. Horsing around like specials. Because they have the one right, like the Christmas spe- or two. No, I think. it's, it's just like the, the Christmas intro. Special, and I think there's one other one. Three little orphans, one, two, three. Oh, is it just the intro? Without a home or a family tree. I know. You were not seen. Well, first of all, I was. Second of all, I don't know all of the words. (laughs) I know you Um, were. (laughs) But yeah, so Horsing Around, that's the sitcom in the BoJack universe that gave BoJack, this was his rise to fame. Like, this is basically that universe's version of Full House, right? Um, so he's like a way more fucked yeah. up Bob Saget. And then Well, Bob Saget did fuck I the don't one blame girl on the anybody show, for that. So. As long as everybody is consenting and of age. Good for I, I'm him. just saying, like he does he does fuck Sarah oh, Lynn. Yeah. And okay, that's well creepy. let's get to that. So, so episode three. So, so we have the intro of Sarah Lynn. <laughs> Sarah Lynn picture like a Britney Spears type of character. You know, you get your fame really early on and they have flashbacks of the show Sarah Lynn, she's a little girl you know and there's they hint at her having like a stepfather who molests her and people alienate her on the show yeah I wish I'll just say I didn't catch the stepdad thing first watch through um rewatch rewatching it uh Actually, yeah. God, when I when I rewatched these one yesterday, because I was rewatching it over the last uh, couple days, rewatching that, I was like, oh fuck, because it's just it's something I just did not. I don't know if I'm more sensitive to it having gone through whatever I've gone through myself, but yeah. So this poor girl, she just gets she's going through it, and this so episode three where they introduce her, they show her stardom kind of through the years. So they start off with her being like barely 19 landing a major record label and they're like well what do you say to your fans now she's like i just want people to know that i'm not that little girl anymore i have sex and i do sexy things and i'm gonna be sexy forever like that's almost a verbatim quote right so and and then once she turns 30 (laughs) the media they bring in a new young sexy pop star and they're like I love Sarah Lynn she inspired my music but she's turning 30 and the people just don't want her no more like and that is how the media treats our celebrities so this poor girl she's washed up like Bojack in her own right like poor girl turned 30 and the media is just like yeah no you're not hot anymore because for whatever fucking reason we only find like barely adulthood like basically post prepubescent girls attractive but again we'll take that offline um so 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 that so it's really funny it and i don't you can make this argument i'm gonna make the argument it came across very it came across very disney channel to me like the moment these girls turn like 18 19 it's like all right well now we gotta you know now we gotta slut them up and 
the thing about that is I remember to 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 to, to date myself a little bit, old man hunter here, but when I oh remember God, when Lindsay Lohan turned 18 and the floodgates of creepy old dudes like who were like 40 who were like, oh man. I remember the first time I heard about a countdown clock to someone yeah. turning 18 was for the fucking Olsen twins and going, whoa. Like it's been a fucking it's a thing. By no means oh, am God, I saying no. it's right because it's not. But the whole but the whole concept of someone being 18, 19, look. And this is well, this is what uh, this is again. Old man hunter is gonna say, you know, look, discover your sexuality, do you? But eighteen, nineteen, goddamn, let these, let them grow into it. Like, don't force this shit on them. And the media, all of it, fuck society, all of it forces it upon. Definitely, us. To be honest. If I were in the public eye, like I've had a hard enough time being a female in my own bubble. I do not look like a pop star, right? Like, I have had no eyes on me outside of my own whatever circle. If I were in the public limelight and turning 19 and having, like, people telling me I'm fat at a size 2, oh, I'd be a drug addict for fucking sure just to cope. Like, I totally understand where, like, Amanda Bynes, Lindsay Lohan... Just Miley Cyrus when she went on her weird little thing. And then that perfectly illustrates in Sarah Lynn in the show. Because when we, so we see the media representation of her and then they're like, oh, well, where do pop stars go when they're 30? And that's how she gets introduced in the episode. And she's on a shit ton of drugs. She goes to Bojack's house because she just got broken up with very publicly Because, of course, when you're a celebrity, everything is public. So she's devastated. Her last record tank, like, she is at the lowest of the low. And so she goes to BoJack. Because that was pretty much the only stable father figure in her life. And he only did it on TV. There's plenty of cutbacks to him treating her like absolute shit. But it just goes to show she had no one else. Like, that was her option. Can you imagine how isolated and lonely that could feel? Yeah, I mean, you think about it's funny when I while I was thinking Disney kids, I was definitely thinking Drew Barrymore too when you think about oh, Jack's the reason she went through, to rehab like, like, is a running a joke in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which which, which, while hilarious, if you take even, you know, an eighth of a step back, it's like, oh, that's fucking disturbing that this man that she reached out to for help took advantage of uh, of her in that sense, which is something that they get into in the season two, which, you know, again, we'll get there <laughs> in a second. But the, the, the thing that, for me, as far as you're talking about the ways that you treat her like shit, I go back to that one scene where he goes, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but he goes, you know, uh, your audience is always there for you. If you treat them right, they'll always treat you right. And nothing oh, else yeah. matters. I'm sitting there watching. I'm going, God, I'm like, God damn, dude, this girl is. Oh, she's, she's little. She's little, time. little. Like, what are you? I'm like, what are I'm like, what are you doing? And then the light and then, you know, the, uh, you know, the applause sign comes on to to film and you just see how much as a kid that fucking shook her and you go 
fuck. Like it it's so heartbreaking because again, n- not advice she asked for at all. And he just pl- drops this incredible mountain of information that you cannot put on a kid that that well, that's what was, the fuck was put on him and again that. we learn that later um but one thing okay so in all of this heavy shit right that we're talking about in episode three <laughs> we go back to the reason that it's animated because there's um there's paparazzi that's swarming bojack's house they're birds and so they're like, hey, Bojack, oh, so what are good. you doing, Sarah Lid? What are you doing, Sarah Lid? And then one of them, I don't know if you caught this, Hunter, one of them goes, why didn't you refill the bird feeder? Like, <laughs> well, he, the, yeah, well, the, the follow up line in episode three is, who's a, yep. who's a bird got a blow to get some seed around here? And, he, and his friend goes, ah, good one. I was like, oh, that's right? fucking good. And then they're talking about, <laughs> so there's but... Andrew Garfield is uh, Sarah Lynn's celebrity ex boyfriend. And she's, yeah. Who actually voiced him. Oh my God, they have so many me good incredibly guest stars happy in this show. But Sarah Lynn is talking to Todd and she's like, oh my God, Andrew hates. Mondays, Garfield Mondays, and then later there's a cutaway to like how he loves lasagna, and so Todd's like the only one pinning this together. He's like, wait, 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 Andrew Garfield hates Mondays and loves lasagna, and then he says one of my favorite lines in this episode. He goes, "I'm done being the voice of reason. I'm taking an angry nap." And, like, right there, he is so my spirit animal. It's just like, fuck this. Fuck you. I am going to sleep. So, the thing I love about Todd, really, just overall on the show, especially in, like, season five and six, where you discover more about his personal oh life, God, which I yeah. think is so we'll fucking there. well done. Um, a, little t- <laughs> a little tease, if you will. But what I what I love about Todd is that he is just this almost Wizard of Oz type. He's he's so whimsical, but it works because Bojack is such a piece of shit and he's so depressed. And yet Todd represents this positivity. Cause I'll be real, if Bojack didn't have Todd around, he probably would have mm-hmm. put a gun in his mouth. Like as much as he gives as much shit as he gives Todd, Todd serves that incredible function. It's kind of and I and stick with me here, everyone. It's it's similar in a sense to how Batman needs Robin. Like he kind of needs that mirror to be like, look, dude, you're kind of a piece of shit. You need to chill. Um, in episode, oh, I want to say it's episode. I want to say it's episode two. I, I think. Tell you which one it was? Um, actually, fuck. Maybe it's episode three. But. Bojack does something with Todd where Todd starts oh, this that's uh, episode, which is no, it's I later. It's two or three. Um, I think it's three. Yeah. So let's see. Is it? Up. Where's either way? I'll find but, it. But but it's 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 one it's one of those things. It's early on, and it just genuinely shows. Uh, oh, it's episode four. It's episode four. Oh, Zoe's in Zelda's. Bojack is such a genuine piece of shit. Bojack is so fucking evil. And I'll be honest, it actually almost made me stop watching the show. Because it's this thing that's so calculated. 
and so vindictive. I went, Well, that was wow, the first time that I really felt like I could America. hate this man. So the rest of the time, they kind of go back and forth, like, oh, this guy yes. has substance abuse issues. Oh, this guy is an ego. This guy is, you know, he's wrapped up in himself, whatever. But to what, to your point, so in episode four, Todd finally starts to apply himself. This is a young man who spent the last four or five years living on Bojack's couch, rent-free, and Bojack keeps him around because he feels good about himself by helping out Todd. That is the only reason Todd gets to stay around rent-free in Bojack's house, is because it... Yep. Yep. Which Diane Diane calls him out on, by the way. Todd starts to become successful. He writes a rock opera. He gets picked up by a music producer. He has a real shot. But he opens up to Bojack about why his life fell apart, and it was due to a video game addiction. So when Bojack starts to realize in this episode, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose Todd. He's going to become successful. He's going to move out. Bojack stages a heist with the talented, amazing character actress Margot Martindale, who voices herself in the show. She's um, Bob Raphael Waxberg's like favorite reoccurring celebrity guest, actually. I saw that in an interview. He stages this whole intervention to put the new version of the video game that ruined Todd's life, like the new vert, the newest, you know, whatever of it, in his possession so that he fucking blows his audition. He completely loses his chance. And Bojack is there the entire time orchestrating it. And you find out he's the one who did it. And it's like you said, it's so calculated. It's the first time you go, wow, this dude truly, truly does not give a fuck about anybody but himself. The one guy in the, the one person in the series he consistently calls a friend, he's willing to completely screw over so he doesn't lose his roommate. Because that is his only claim to feeling good about himself. Yeah. And could you fucking imagine... Having someone in your life like that. It's um actually I had a friend Adam. Not to call him out directly or anything. Oh, I have talked to him in years and, 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 and he knows he's a piece of shit. But um pay child yeah, pay child support. Sorry. But uh <laughs> but I uh but but something that I love that Diane says, because she flat says do you let him stay here for free because yep. you're being nice or because you're terrified of being alone? And I'm like, yeah, oh, it's the latter. It's clearly the latter. And Bojack, of course, plays it off like, no, I'm being nice to Todd. I'm, mentor- I'm mentoring him. Who the fuck would want to look up know, to this guy? Like, that is on. a terrible idea in and of itself. And for those of you who are still listening along and don't know, so Diane comes into the picture because she is Bojack's ghostwriter. Bojack is trying to get this memoir off the ground. He wants to get his career back on track by telling everybody his story. But he's having a hard time writing it all down because, you know, when you're fucking high and drunk and treating people like shit all the time and watching old episodes of your TV show, <laughs> yeah, it's kind Oh, literally every goddamn Which day. He does it's kind of hard to write a book. So Princess Carolyn... And Pinky Penguin, Pinky Penguin is his book publisher, voiced by Patton Oswald, as we discussed earlier. 
they hired Diane. And it just so happens that Diane was also the author for the book Secretariat, who is kind of like Bojack's hero. He was a racehorse in the 70s, and Bojack just absolutely idolized him and looked up to him as a kid as his only father figure. So Bojack immediately has a pull to Diane. He's like, oh, shit, she wrote, she literally wrote the book on my childhood hero. So he agrees to work with her, and that's how that's how that happens. They're introduced in episode one. So in episode four, where we're talking about her here, she's been basically at his side. I mean, you figure probably, what, 40 hours a week? She's with him, you know, every single day, talking to him, learning Please. intimate details about his life, while also kind of being a fly on the wall to how he's interacting with everybody else. So in episode four, she kind of starts to call Todd out on it. And at the same time in episode four, and this is where you start to really get to know Diane, because the only thing we know about her prior is she's an author. She's dating Mr. Peanut Butter. Another important note. Which is a great, which is a great gag, the way Bojack discovers it. goes like, Oh, like you've like many you've seen times. That's correct. You've slept with That's also correct. And like, and they just go through this list of shit. And I'm like, yes, they're dating. Like, like, but Bojack, to your point, his brain cannot comprehend that someone could date someone like Mr. Peanut Butter because, like, like it hurts. It it breaks his logic that someone like her could be with Mr. Peanut Butter. And that in itself is kind of tragic in itself that he can't see why people do like do like Mr. Peanut Butter because yes he is obnoxious but Mr. Peanut Butter he cares about Diane in a way that Bojack really doesn't know how to show and while he says he loves her does he <laughs> it, 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 it's it's kind of one of those questions that early on especially you kind of go. You almost look at the. You would almost look at your friend and shrug and go, "He might love her, but does Oof. Bojack know what love is?" Because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another, another question in itself. Um, which is a running theme throughout the show, which we'll be able to tackle later. But the funny thing about episode four, so that's Diane. She's been like a nice anecdotal fly on the wall. She, you know, brings up a few good points about Bojack. You know, kind of being like, "Hey." shouldn't you perceive it this way or have you ever thought about it like this like kind of giving him some perspective and then in episode four diane's ex-boyfriend comes around and says he's writing an article for buzzfeed about famous child actors from the 90s so something important about mr peanut butter he also had a famous tv show in the 90s and it was a total ripoff of bojack's show Who's Mr. That Peanut Butter's Who's house. That butter? <laughs> yes, that was your like. Okay, so I will say that theme song. <laughs> that theme song slaps. I will say, like, like I was really, I was humming that earlier. I was like, God damn it. I anyway, so any, uh, yeah, great show, great fucking show. So basically, Mr. Peanut Butter, in addition <laughs> to being BoJack's like frenemy. He's also career-wise been behind him kind of every step of the way, always rising to fame, you know, what have you. So now he's dating Diane, who Mr. Or, eh, I can talk. <laughs> Bojack is, <laughs> thanks. Uh, Bojack has his eyes set on, right? So episode four, Diane's ex-boyfriend, Wayne, he comes around to write an article for BuzzFeed about famous child actors in the 90s. So he's writing one about Mr. Peanut Butter. 
And throughout the episode, they keep hinting. They're like, and Mr. Peanut Butter ever even says at one point, he goes, wow, you two are perfect for each other. Why did you ever break up? And Wade the whole time is so clearly trying to get back with Diane. And at the end of the episode, yes, he points Clearly. it out to her. He's like, you can pretend to be this person in this life, but we both know who you are. And for us as the viewers, we're watching this and we're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, Diane's just this happy-go-lucky. She's an yeah. author. She's a great person. And it's the perfect transition into the episode that personally hooked me, Live Fast, Diane Nguyen, um, where we actually get to meet her family and see what the fuck her ex-boyfriend meant by that. So, Hunter, take us away into that cut and tell me what you thought. So, that's that's such a hard episode to watch because the thing is... (laughs) I mean, it, I mean, you're not you're not wrong, but actually, there's one episode in season two that I is one of my favorite episodes to this day. But we'll get there. But yeah, they go on this uh, they go on this uh, this business trip, and <sighs> Diane's family fucking sucks. Yep, like uh, just call it what it is. They're fucking terrible, and Diane is supposed to be the adult. She's clearly been the adult in the family for a while. And the fact that her mom and her dad are both terrible parents, she has two siblings who are also pieces of shit, and Diane is supposed to basically just, so Diane's supposed to be a functioning human being and deal with their bullshit and not snap, which the more the episode goes on, you go, oh man, I would have, I'll be real, I would have, I would have punched my brother's straight in the mouth and the light part of the episode the light part she jokes about her adopted brother she goes oh he's the family black sheep and then you guys he's literally a black sheep like this oh this fucking show is so funny if you guys haven't watched it yet the show does that a lot fucking up bed the show does the show does that a but lot. But we need though. that. Like, there's we a lot need of, that like, comic literal... relief because if it were just these heavy-ass subjects, if it were just the existentialism, the addiction, the media, if it were only that, I don't know how many people would fucking watch it. The show does a very good job of giving you just enough uh, levity before it hits you with something heavy again. Like, it's, it's a really beautiful dance that the show is able to strike pretty much for the whole series because when you go oh man that fucking sucks it gives you a very hard laugh something we haven't mentioned yet the oh sight gags in here God. are fucking excellent and <laughs> honestly i know i haven't caught them. them all like, and I, that's like, the thing and that is one thing that um another same. interview i watched with the creator bob Raphael waxberg is he gave the story you know, the artists enough freedom, you know, to have these side gags, but his only rule is like, hey, don't take away from the main story. So, for example, you know, we have the the family black sheep, literally a black sheep. There's um, raccoons forging through the garbage in a couple episodes. There's a running gag where Mr. Peanut Butter orders these big banners for his party and it'll be like, I had a ball at Diane's 35th birthday 
and underline ball and use a pretty font. Like that will all be printed on the banner. So there's that running gag. Um, there's a group of ferrets yeah. all dressed in business clothes because a group of ferrets is called a business. I mean, you guys, this, <laughs> this shit is loaded. There's a, there's a blind. Oh yeah. Her blind executor. Yeah, it- yeah, that's a great yes. one. There, there, there's Absolutely. an insane amount of side gags that that, that they that they pull. Um, so I, I do want to get almost through season one here, but just to, just to kind of rattle off some stuff that I really enjoyed. Bojack goes on this bender, like a two week bender with uh with uh Sarah Lynn and Todd after Mister Peanut Butter proposes to Diane and. That proposal is really rough because even when she says yes, it feels like there should be a question mark after it because it's like yes, I'll marry you, but they're good. They're, to, they're so good together. They're but not. I'm on Diane's quick. side. Like at at the at well at the point in the show, like it's it's doing a decent job of showing them. I think being good together. Obviously, it that doesn't last. <laughs> spoiler, but the way that. But the way that the way that that breaks down and even her hesitancy to go ahead and accept it, because I think it's what two episodes later, she's already talking about how, you know, the wedding is over a year away. And it's already feeling like a yeah. lot. And like, well, that's not a I'm, good sign. So you're already starting. So you're already starting to kind of see the cracks I mean, you even see the there cracks that early her on. Acceptance like, oh. of the proposal. It's like you said, and the whole time, there's every time yeah. it's their relationship, it's like there's a shadow of people who know her better or who recognize this darkness in her. I mean, her ex-boyfriend in episode four, he even says there's a darkness inside her and for her to call him when he finds it. And the most haunting thing about that line is that it shows up again in season two, episode one. We finally have direct present dialogue between Bojack and his abusive mother, Beatrice. And she tells, she says the exact same thing to Bojack. She says, you come by it honestly, the ugliness, the darkness inside of you. And so the writing, there's so many parallels between Bojack and Diane. And so you have this bonding force of their darkness, their trauma, And then Mr. Peanut Butter, you know, dating Diane and just wanting to fix her, but never actually taking the time to listen to her to get what she needs out of it. And that's illustrated as early as fucking, you know, episode season one, episode four. The thing about Diane and Bojack's relationship, especially as the book is being written, is that you get these little glimpses, as you mentioned, into Bojack's uh, family life early on in season one. But, you know, as the book is continuing to be written, but Diane, he's so afraid of of letting anyone really see who he truly is. But right. in order to write a fucking book, that's kind of a thing. And so as, as the walls come down a little bit and we as the audience get to see more and Diane yeah. gets to see more... By no means is an excuse for his shitty behavior, but you definitely go, oh, this makes a fuck ton of a lot of sense. I'm That's jumping ahead to season two here real quick, but there's this there's this point where Bojack's in front of the TV Ooh. and his parents are fighting 
and mm-hmm. it, and and be, uh, Beatrice, uh, oh my who's God, played by Wendy Malick, who I fucking adore. Yeah, just shoot me hot in Cleveland. You've known her from other stuff as well, but you know she flat out says that you know I was beautiful before I had you. You ruined, you me, ruined Jack. Me. Like, just you the haunt become... and, and little six year old Bojack like that just line. responds head down. He's like, I know. Ugh. Yeah, and the fact she goes like, you better become something because of what you did. I'm like, God damn! Like it, hearing that, uh, you know, and I, I, I could, I could go through you know, like, stuff I unfortunately remember going to school and stuff that I go, like, every now and then I'll pop up and go, oh, that's unfortunate, but but that line in particular was something that just, that hurt me so bad because no kid should ever fucking hear that, yeah. let alone from a fucking, their fucking parent, but then she puts the cherry on top of the Devastation Sunday by going, oh, I'm gonna go hide your dad's heart medication. I'm like, this bitch is god rude, damn! Like, like and it, it's <laughs> Yeah, it just it hurts you. Uh, there's a scene later on in season two where they're getting brunch and Bojack is screaming, literally screaming for a drink. And oh, yeah. brother, I feel that sometimes, man. But it's it's like fuck, like let like ease up a little bit. But um, it it just it breaks your heart because again, you see where all this incredible hesitance to speak about his childhood you go oh yeah that 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 makes sense but all right i'm gonna throw it back to you here in a second but i'm just gonna go through a couple more things uh one um episode eight mm, uh in mm-hmm. season one the telescope that's one of my favorite oh my god yeah we need to get to her flat out of the series because because we yeah we meet uh the guy who created horse and around best friend fucking Herb, friend voiced by stanley tucci answer i pronounce that yeah, and yeah, Stanley Tucci is just fucking delightful. And their friendship, this is kind of when I went, oh, this is when Boba, Bojack, Boba, Bojack, Bojack really, when Bojack really started, right? <laughs> when Bojack really started becoming a piece of shit because there's this point where Herb is kind of in this fight with the network. And he goes up to Bojack and tells him, like, look, man, I need you to, you know, have my back on this. And Herb, to his credit, was doing stand-up in the 80s. He was killing it. He goes to uh, Network, gets horsing around uh, to be filmed as a pilot. And he flat out tells them, if you don't have Bojack uh, on the show as my star, then I'm not doing it. Which, for someone who's not, doesn't have a career at that point, really, that's a hell of a... Yeah, that's a hell of a thing to do for your friend. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier, uh, Her- Herb uh, kisses Bojack, which, I mean, I- I'm going to be honest. As someone who's been kissed by a couple guys because they were like, oh, I thought you were gay, which is a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> like, Bojack freaks out in a way. I just kind of went, all right, man, it's a kiss. Like, okay, chill on this a little bit. Like, he recovered yeah, pretty quick to his thing, credit. And his... one thing, I don't know if you caught this in the rewatch, the first fucking thing that Bojack says to Herb when they meet in a bar at a stand-up, Herb comes up to him after Bojack just bombs his set in the 80s, bombs his stand-up. Herb comes up to him, he's like, hey man, can I buy you a drink? And Bojack says, get cancer, jerkwad. 
Did you catch that? Yeah, that's the first fucking yeah, thing he I said did catch to him. That. I did catch that. Irony. Which, oh, the irony in that shit. Um, but I love how Herb really goes, because it shows that Herb is yeah, what Bojack shit. isn't, that he's a great friend. And so, so when this network exec goes up to Bojack and basically goes, you're the star, this is not the time for you to put your neck out for your friend, and Bojack just sits there in silence and really takes it. You just go, wow, dude, you had a chance. Like, and it's far be it because I think what I'm about to say is a bit is a blanket statement. I fully acknowledge that. It is very hard to say that, you know, there's that one moment in your life that could have, you know, changed everything. This is one of those moments so early on that you go, this was a chance for him to do the right thing. And he took and the coward's way him. out. And forever for fucking ever and for some context guys yeah, like it, um there's a scandal involved with herb kazaz later in the show like i don't know season six of horsing around it's a huge success huge success millions upon millions of dollars are being made from this show and there's a gay scandal that comes out because herb is gay and the big network execs they're like Oh, well, we can't have a gay person on the show. God forbid they have fucking rights, right? Um, It's terrible. So Herb begs Bojack. He's like, if you threaten to walk, if they let me go, they'll listen. And Bojack just... Yeah. He couldn't do it. He didn't want to lose his fame, even though Herb sacrificed... Potentially, right? He risked his chance to land a TV show by putting his neck out there and saying, unless Bojack's my star, you don't get the rights to my script. So he does it for him at the start, and he is the reason Bojack has any of what he has. And when it came down to it, Bojack couldn't do the same for for him. He couldn't be fucking bothered. Which is just insane when you think about it and you know that to your point again the fact that he doesn't have that level of fame he doesn't have fame at all without herb and the fact that he couldn't he couldn't the fact he only had to say a sentence and go i'm not doing the show without him that's all he had to say and the fact he couldn't even yeah it's one of those things you go wow man even todd as is almost whimsical as todd is he flat goes you know Oh, so this is a guy you dicked over. I went, yeah, that's actually the perfect term because screwed, I don't think, is even strong enough. But uh, dicked over, I went, yeah, that's actually. If he could even cover that, that's about, that like about that. covers so it. So in this episode, so, um, Bojack ends up going to true. Herb's house and have he has dinner with him once he finds out that he has cancer and he dies. And the night goes pretty well. They joke around. It's almost like there isn't this big thing looming over them. Like, they have a good fucking time. Until. Yeah. Until, like, Bojack, here's the thing. And this is something that we have to call out. Bojack doesn't want to get forgiveness because it's the right thing to do. He wants to get forgiveness because he wants to feel better. And he knows that he only has a certain amount of time. That's the only reason he fucking reached out is because he found out that this guy who he used to be his best fucking friend who he completely ruined his life has cancer you know he's like oh i should call him 
And Herb does the right thing at that point, because at the end of the night, Bojack kind of, he goes to leave and he goes back in there. He's like, hey, man, um, I'm sorry. He doesn't even really give like a real apology. He doesn't really say what for. He's just kind of like no, expecting this resolve. And Herb just looks at him. He goes, okay, I don't forgive you. Yeah. And he. Oh god, and the thing not to forgive him. Herb says it in such a chilling way to me. He says, You abandoned me, and I will never forgive you for that. Now get the fuck out of my house. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Good for you. Like, forgiveness is you forgive someone for yourself. If you're the one who did wrong, you no one ever deserves forgiveness to make themselves feel better that's that's their fucking job like i've done some fucked up things who hasn't i don't need anyone's forgiveness because that's that's for them it's up to me to right that wrong in my own life and to reconcile that on myself you can't put that on somebody who has wronged you True. And I think the other thing, too, that's just so insane is that he is so desperate to be told he's a good person. It actually reminds me of that of that because it it reminds me randomly of that of that scene of Schmidt from New Girl when he's asking Nick to get his blessing for CCE. And I'm like, why do you need that? And he just needs someone to tell him it's okay. He to ask Diane, like, I need you to tell me that I'm good. I went. First off, wow, the fact that you need someone to tell you you're good, that's a whole that's a whole other well, issue in itself never, that you need he validation. Never got it. He from never just got it from anyone. his mother. He never got it from his father. He got it from Herb Kazaz and then he fucked up that relationship. He got it from the adoring public while he was on TV. But he never this is a man who is never self soothed. Because he wasn't given the tools in his childhood to be able to do it. So, of course, he's looking for external validation. I don't blame him one bit. But at what... I don't blame him for looking for (laughs) it. I blame him for never... Blame isn't the right word. At a certain point, you have to take responsibility for your own behavior. And that's... It's not even necessarily a blame thing it's just something you have to fucking do and he doesn't that's that's the short and sweet of it like spoiler alert (laughs) he fucking does it and he the book comes out in season one and it's not what he expected diane writes i mean the title of the book guys is one trick pony and it kind of writes I know. Amazing. So good. And Diane kind of says like, yeah, this guy is a piece of shit, but she paints the picture as to why she talks about his childhood. She talks about all of his interactions, but because it showed him in an accurate light, you guys, he fucking, he loses it. He goes on a two week bender. He threatens to fire her. Like, well, yeah, but it doesn't work. He does fire her. I mean, it, he does, but he he even says, um, 
that, you know, because when he calls her out on it, he goes, you know, this isn't me. This is us talking as friends. This is a boss telling his employee that you did a bad job and you need to start again. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, he, well, he just, he's the sense of betrayal her. there. Like, like, I that mean, mo- he had this idea yeah. of his memoir that it was going to paint him in this light for everybody to love him again because that's all he wants. And so he just felt this deep sense of betrayal that, oh, she sees me the way everybody else does. And he fucking, he loses it. He goes on a bender, a drug bender with Todd and Sarah Lynn. And in this bender episode, we get to see the depths of his subconscious, his regrets, his fears. It's it's remarkable. One thing this series is very consistent with, aside from everything, but the second to last episode is always just, it leaves your jaw on the floor. There's no way around it. And... At the ending of episode 11, season one, it references what, what you were talking about, Hunter. He he shows up, vomit on his shirt, like, just completely blitzed out of his mind to a ghostwriting seminar, of all things, where there's a panel of authors, and Diane's there. He goes, I have a question for Diane. You can publish the book however you want. I don't care. I don't care that the world sees me like that. I just hate that that's the way you saw me. And I need you to tell me that I'm a good person. Do you think there's hope for me? I need you to tell me that I'm good. And she says nothing. And after, I mean, so there's that. And then in the finale... Bojack wins a Golden Globe for his book. He gets cast in his dream role, you guys. He's playing Secretariat, his idol, his father figure. (laughs) And shocker, guess what? It still doesn't make him happy. And that's kind of the theme we leave off in, uh, in season one. It's like, oh shit, I have everything I ever wanted. Now what? And that's the thing, like, it's, because Diane brings up, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, she talks about, you know, you sometimes don't get what you want, and you're always chasing it, or you <laughs> yeah. do get what you want, you know how to handle truth. it, and, I mean, I mean, that's the, that's the question, I mean, do you, like, are you, as people, can we ever truly, you know, be, you know, ever truly be satisfied with what we have. I mean, it's a fascinating, you I mean, can. that's a you whole just have other fucking thing. That that's the weird thing, is you have to choose yeah. that what you have is enough. Whether it mean, like, I mean, so many people are happier without social media. It's because they're happier with looking at what they have versus what they have. But look at what this other person has. You have to really isolate yourself to be happy. I think. Yeah, I think that's what. So I think it's a it's a thing of how do I put this? Not just being envious of people, yeah. but also not wishing ill on people. And what I mean by that is not being not being jealous of the success of other people. Um, I I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna shout him out real quick just because I love the dude. But um, I have two a friends, guy named uh, what? Guy, guy named Doggett, who I fucking adore, and a uh, Nathan Doggett. Uh, Doggett is his name. Uh, Doggett's I feel great. like an asshole, Doggett, but like, yeah. how do you spell and, that? Uh, he runs a podcast. Okay, 
uh, D-O-G-G-E-T-T. Um, and uh, my friend Nathan over at uh, Mission Impossible, um, they're both great podcasters. They've been doing their thing. And I think, I mean, fuck, the podcast genre has so many podcasts and everything, but I'm so happy for those guys for continuing to grow their audience. But you don't, like, but I mean, I know some people who would definitely just be, you know, who have been assholes about other people's success, which sucks. You know, you should want, you know, people in your life to, you know, continue to grow, evolve, and be the best version of themselves. And some people just aren't. It's a choice. I mean, altruism is not in human nature. Empathy is not in our nature. That's taught, that's learned, that's felt through experience. I mean, I catch myself, Hunter, so often where I'm I'm jealous. I'm like, oh, that skinny bitch or that whatever. And then then the my higher self immediately after <laughs> that thought, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, did that make you feel better? Yeah. No, it didn't. Just because someone is at your goal weight or your goal amount of subscribers for your podcast, like, that does not make you less than. That's your interpretation of it. Like, everybody is allowed to succeed, but it's the conscious choice of calling yourself out. And that's painful. (laughs) It is, but it has to be done. And that's... That's an important key to happiness, I think. Not that I'm like an expert, it, but it really is. So, all right. <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. Okay. You're being the humble trying. <laughs> but woop moving woop. on to season two because for me, season two. Oh yeah. Season two Absolutely. is better than season one for me. It's it's everything that's it's everything that season one is, but it builds upon. <gasps> so which one? Season two has one of my favorite episodes, and I know most most people are gonna be like, "Really? That's one of your." It's honestly because of the <laughs> subplot. So, Yesterday Land oh, is a brilliant Todd. episode because Todd has this. So Todd has this subplot where he opens up his own Disneyland, and it sounds so fucking stupid on paper, but the way they execute it, the fact he's dressed up. Um, <laughs> He's dressed up in a top hat and all this shit. And the fact that the Walt Disney Corporation misspelled Disney on their <laughs> on the uh on the uh trademark form or whatever. Todd builds this fucking horrifying theme park with like mattresses on fire, this com- this contraction of his face that looks almost like <laughs> something out of Horizon Zero Dawn. Like it's it's fucking incredible how <laughs> Disneyland, unquote, is uh, is built, and it's, but then it flashes back to all these times because Bojack's like, "What the fuck, you're building Disneyland? You've never referenced it." And it cuts back to like five times that Todd has very specifically gone, "Oh hey, I got this. Hey, I sketched out the plans for my Disneyland." Yeah, and Bojack's like, so oh, "All right, go away, leave me best alone." Friend. Best and quote unquote, but it's so fucking. It's so fucking funny that we see Disneyland, quote, realized, unquote. It's fucking incredible. It's and amazing. it's so goddamn good. And I'm very and I'm very sad that there wasn't more uh, Disneyland. If they could have, they could have extended for another I episode. I don't know. I it okay got its that. point across. But, but goddamn. Here's one great thing about episode, this episode. So we meet 
My favorite of all of Bojack's romantic interests, her name is Juan. Yeah, dude. Okay, so here's why. So he meets this owl. Her name is Wanda, and she just woke up out of a 30-year coma. Okay, so she went into a coma in the 80s. And what's interesting about her being... Sorry, my roommate just walked in. She's stopping off my wine. So what's interesting about... um, about (laughs) Yep, you get it. About Wanda. Priorities, I get is it. <laughs> she, so she wakes up from this 30-year coma that she fell into in the 80s. And there's also an observation of people who, when they rise to fame, they become stunted. And they're stuck. The mentality, like whatever age they were when they became famous, that's where they're stuck. So Bojack is just as stunted as this woman who woke up from a 30-year coma. So even though they're the same yeah. age, they're both just stuck in this completely different reality. She's basically a naive 25-year-old. And he's just a fucking asshole who's stuck in that age. And <laughs> yeah. throughout the season, Wanda, she's continuously, she's growing. She's working through a job. She's catching up with technology. She's catching up with current events. I mean, everything from the last 30 years and Bojack stays, he stays in the same place. And that's ultimately their demise. In, and it's just so profound. Yeah. It, it, so she has one of the best lines uh, in the show. And I'm going to, I'm going to save that the flag uh, for the it? kind of wrap up, but I, um, yep. Uh, but going through season two, there's a couple sh- episodes I really want to touch on um, in the big one or well, one of the two big ones. We have to talk about. Oh Hank boy. Dark. So that's oh, episode seven. Right. And, and here's a, here's the thing. <laughs> and I figured bring this up now since you just got more wine. I figured, I figured, I figured, I, I figured we can talk about it now. Ready. So, okay. So, it's clearly supposed to be about Bill Cosby. Like the show never comes right out and says right. it's about Bill Absolutely. Cosby, but it's about Bill Cosby and uh, uh, Hank uh, Hippo uh, Hank Hippopotamus. Oh, Popolis, that's right. Um, he's you know he's that guy. He used to have a to- uh, so the reason why you can clearly say it's Cosby. Not only did he have his own show, but the show goes out of its way to go. Oh, I used to listen to your albums. Well, the and it went, aired in twenty fifteen. Hmm, who's that sound like? I mean, like that was, was a shortly bit... after all the trials. I mean, it was very yes. evidently tied just based on the timeline alone. But yeah, which which the show you have some that the show's not given enough credit for. Oh my god, I know it's out, been like, consecutive year over year it. since it aired. It's... These six seasons, really seven if you count season six being split up into two parts. It's just high quality, never strays away from the vision, the characters, like, year after year. They put it out, like, so, quote unquote, quickly. But it doesn't lose its spark. It's just so good. It's just the best thing I've ever watched. It's it's really impressive. And I will say, for me, that what's so crazy is that so they're doing a book tour for it's the uh, paperback version of the book right yeah and 
someone brings up uh uh brings him up and Diane goes off script, quote unquote, and well, what she it is, is, is the new cycle for like the next twenty four hours. But you know, just stick to the facts. So someone <laughs> asks they <laughs> so they're in a library, they're touring People who have read the book show up to get it signed to ask questions. And he says, yeah, this question is for Diane. Weren't you worried that this book was going to hurt Bojack's reputation? And Bojack is like, yeah, that's a great question. I'd also like to know the answer to that. So clearly there's still some animosity about the book not turning out the way he envisioned it, clearly. And she says, "There, she's like, I just wanted to tell the truth about... This man, there have been plenty of celebrities who have done way worse. And the person in the crowd goes, name, like who? And she starts naming all these celebrities and she says, Hank Hippopopoulos. And there's just like a gasp amongst the crowd. And they're like, Uncle Hanky? What do you mean? What did he do? And she's like, all of his former assistants accused him of the same thing i mean it's public record you can look it up and then everybody whips out their phone she's like oh you you don't have to do it right now yeah, she, said you can, she says you can google it she flat says you can literally google it and everyone there googles it and goes <gasps> and to, to piggyback off you real quick the fact that everyone calls him uncle hank and <laughs> bill cosby is known as america's dad that, again, yep. another parallel that's right fucking there. Boom, and I just went, there it is. Oh, fuck. And the, and the thing about this episode in particular is that there's a scene where Hank, uh, basically uh, his current assistant, Nicole, I want to say, um, reaches out to Diane and says, hey, like, I need to talk. And so Diane goes and meets her in this parking garage and Nicole set her uh, set her, set her up, and Hank gets out of the out of the limo or whatever, and Hank flat out goes like, "I'm an institution. Who the fuck are you?" And unfortunately, speaks some truth where he goes, "You know, this is you know we're in the age of people not being able. I'm paraphrasing of being able to essentially yeah. not be able to pay fucking attention." Um, I. I would like to point out to everyone, by the way, that there's a certain rapper in Canada that is very close with Millie Bobby Brown. It feels like most people just don't even bring that up for whatever reason, but that's a whole other thing. So unfortunately, he's not wrong. It feels like, and again, this is a 24-hour news cycle, which is another fucking issue with it, that you always have to have something on so that people, the news is almost, the news has done less to inform people more so than any time in its history is then less it's well, really not soft only the that but i mean it's a perfect example of and, how we idolize celebrities because we feel like we know them art is such it just illustrates itself in such a way where we see people on tv they feel like they're a part of our household they're our friends they could never do such a thing it's like you're look you realize you're looking at a character so when these scandals come out, something in our psyche, yeah. we don't want to believe it. And a lot of times, we fucking don't. Yeah. It takes a lot of hard evidence. I mean, shit, there have been, I mean, perfect example, one I'm not particularly proud of, but it's an easy example off the top of my head. 
I mean, Chris Brown, how many fucking hits has he had since he beat the shit out of Rihanna? Everyone's like, oh, it's just music. It's catchy. Now Kanye with all his fucking psycho shit. Yeah. People just don't want to believe that, you know, creatives that we've, we've embodied this idea of who they are. So when it comes out of who they really are, we don't want to believe that. And in the horse and around universe, I'm sure there was a lot of that going on with Bojack. And that's why he was able to rise back up to fame after his book. They're like, oh, he's so tortured. Oh, oh, like people pity abusers. So the thing that's the thing that's interesting about that is that in the culture we're in right now, I think the other issue is that there is there isn't there's there's levels to this, but there's not anymore. Or like yeah and that's and the issue with that is that there's no universal when it comes to nuance like my line you, you know I, fuck i'll use it for example fucking comedy you know i i've gotten this argument with friends especially over the last five years about you know what's a joke what's you know what's a joke what's not a joke i mean i've had people tell me like oh man they made a gay joke like they should, they should never be allowed to do stand-up games. Yeah, like, no shit. All right, I've heard black jokes since I was five. Like, really? This is, like, 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 like really? Like, one gay joke is enough to just break your spirit? Like, come on now. Like, come on. Um, fuck Joss Whedon, what he's going through right now. Allegedly. What allegedly. He did, what, um, what he allegedly did. What he allegedly did. Um, look, love, love his Avengers films, but I'll tell you right now, because so much of that shit allegedly happened on the set of Buffy I try to watch Buffy every day can't do it one of my favorite shows ever I'm like well that sucks can't now and this is something that is true I think it's season five or six I think it's six where there's a scene where Spike who's a character on there uh, is about to rape Buffy and I remember being 13 watching that and going what and actually looking at my because mom we and going, like, why the hell is that in there? And having this. Fucking, it's just, mm, that's, again, we'll continue this offline. <laughs> yeah, but but that being a giant kind of what the fuck you know, moment for me, you know, growing up. And, you know, Hank, unfortunately, he's right. Uh, the, the episode ends with Diane at an airport and she's looking watching what's happening on the tv and guys i'm telling you as a man what i'm about to tell you do not do this because she's sitting there depressed because hank again well, unfortunately is well right. wait before you say that so when she's watching the news over, it's hank hippopolis and he's they take him on tv and this is after diane has been in the media she's getting death threats to her house they're talking about her on the internet because they're saying She's a lying cunt for, you know, saying these things about Hank Hippopolis. One guy even calls her out. He's like, you women are all the same. You make these broad accusations to ruin a man's reputation and you have nothing to back it up. And there's a whole Fox News like caveat where, you know, they just get on there and they say how women are liars and it's awful what they put Diane through in this episode and when she finally decides she's like you know what 
I am taking a step back from this because I can't win this battle. Bojack actually helps her with that. He's like, you're not going to win. And so finally she just, she steps down and she's in the airport. She's about to leave to go be a ghostwriter for somebody in a war-torn country. She's leaving her husband after they have a huge fight. There's there's a lot that happens to Diane in season two. So she's getting ready to leave after the media fight of her life to yeah. expose Uncle Hanky. And she's in the airport. Hey, Uncle Hanky, Hank Hippopopoulos is on the news. And he, the news anchor just goes, did you do it? He goes, no. Well, and the news anchor replies, well, that's all I needed. So poor Diane... She's sitting there the lowest we have ever seen her as an audience. And some asshole sitting next to her, some asshole guy, mm-hmm. just goes, hey, smile. <laughs> the whole episode yeah. is about us it's, just treating women like shit, not believing women, not believing their victims. And then some creepy chauvinistic asshole just, oh, you'd look prettier if you'd smile. Yeah, you'd look fucking prettier with... I don't know, yeah. your teeth on the curb while I stomp your fucking head in. I don't know. That's not me promoting violence. Yeah. That's just it's, me and, feeling how I feel as a person. Yeah. <laughs> I it's it's <laughs> I mean <laughs> you hey, you 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 do you boo, you do you. And and but but you're right though. And and the thing is what I always say is yes, it is always it's always he said, she said. But goddamn, we got we we need to take accu we need to take accusations seriously. Like go through an investigation, actually listen. Because again, like it's so I appreciate someone like uh oh god, why am I blanking? I appreciate someone like Aziz Ansari, who actually went ahead and addressed like that situation that he had go on his stand-up and actually go like, look, you know. I thought it was co- it was coming from this perspective. Well, and even the screenshots from the conversation. I mean, mature... so this woman, he she called him out. She was like, "I felt really uncomfortable." He's like, "Oh shit, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought it was consensual." Da da da, da. and like, <laughs> I can appreciate somebody who admits they were wrong, regardless of the situation. I just. I don't know. What was the second episode in season two that you wanted to touch on? <laughs> just, no, so so I the, the last the last thing I'm just gonna say on this is because again, I, I I have my I have my personal feelings on that. I'll be real. I I think the way that people went at him like he was Harvey, people were comparing him to Harvey Weinstein. I'm like, people, that's my issue right there. You you're you're not allowing any nuance or any wiggle room because something like that cannot be put in the same category as a serial like what sorry no i was pointing at you like sorry guys we're on video camera so i was like pointing at him like yes i like what you're saying (laughs) not like i'm trying to interrupt you (laughs) it's like you you oh no you're good okay my bad but it's like you can't like you can't you cannot compare those two because when you do that Again, you leave no yes. room to actually have a discussion, which is one of the biggest problems we're having about this in general right now, which is why if you haven't seen Jessica Jones or Promising Young Woman, you should watch one of those. But um, 
the second episode I want to get to because oh my I god, really we could go, go three hours, three on, hours on this season very easily. Great, like, so, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> very, very true. So, so the thing about this episode, um, and I, I'm just gonna yeah, do a couple time. other things before I get this episode. So, I love, so I love the fact that, like, I genuinely love the fact that there is this. Surprise oh, birthday that's, party um, that Mr. Peanut Butter throws for Diane, and he thinks higher love. That's up to fourth after the party. Is that um the episode that happens? No, I think that's that's a uh, after the party. Four. That's really episode four. Chickens? Or wait, no, not. Yeah, yeah you right. No, episode episode five after the party. Ooh, there's a whole layer of Princess <laughs> Carolyn in that episode that we need to unpack. But yes, okay, back to Diane, Mr. Peanut Butter. So the thing about that that I love is that it shows that when you're in a relationship, you could mean well and you could just completely, completely get it wrong. And it, it's it's just a thing that you have to... It's. It's very important why you need to communicate with your partner because Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter have this great night, just the two of them. She's super happy. She's like, oh my God, this night's perfect. I just want to go, you know, go in the house with you and cuddle and just, it just be us. And Mr. Peanut Butter's like, you're sure there's nothing that can make this night better? She's like, nope, this is absolutely perfect. This is all I wanted. And they walk in the house. Little. And there's a surprise Paul party. Paul McCartney jumps out of a fucking she... cake. It is not a little surprise party. Uh, okay, fair enough. I mean, I guess having a beetle there would, <laughs> <laughs> would, would kind of make it not a little party. But to be fair, I mean, she got a he got a fucking beetle. That's pretty impressive. But, um, but the way she freaks out about it, I get that he wanted to do something for her, but. Again, what he wanted isn't what she wanted. And it's one of those things where you go, okay, you you like you weren't doing this maliciously, but this is one of those times you really need to communicate with your partner, be like, hey, like what do you need? And I appreciate that they had this very mature conversation in a very hilarious moment later on in the episode the that I went room in the that's Starbucks kind of and... adorable. So and Mr. Peanut Butter he invites all his friends to Diane's surprise party, and it's a running thing in the show, you yeah. guys. Diane fucking hates parties. So Mr. Peanut Butter, his love language is gifts, and it's these grand gestures that always make her uncomfortable. You see it all in season one. And here he is doing it again after the most perfect birthday. Like, she's... So content, he takes her to an art exhibit, to dinner, to the library. She feels seen, and she's like, what a great birthday. Then all of a sudden, she opens the door, and it's this massive party that just completely just throws her off her shit. She's completely overwhelmed, and they get in a huge fight over something completely nominal, and it causes everybody to leave. Like, everybody is just like, okay. I'm gonna go. It's Diane is too. angrily washing dishes. They keep fighting, and what it boils down to is she doesn't feel seen, and he doesn't feel like he's good enough. He's like, well, it's the thought that counts, 
isn't it? And she, she feels like such an asshole for getting mad. She's like, my boyfriend just threw me a fucking huge surprise party. Why am I upset? And it, why she's upset is because that's not her love language. They're just not compatible. And she's expressed it so yeah. many times. And even though they seem so perfect, you guys, like Mr. Peanut Butter just idolizes her or even makes, he makes a joke. So Mr. Peanut Butter is depicted as a cartoon yellow lab. Diane's human. And in this episode, he's like, do you want to know what I do when you're at work all day? And he leads her into the living room and he goes, I just lay there on the couch and I wait for you to get home. Sometimes I even pretend to dig a little hole in the sofa. And But when I hear your car drive up, it is the best time of my, like the best part of my day. And yeah, they're making fun of dogs, like they're depicting it as such. But they're also illustrating a bigger point that Mr. <laughs> Peanut Butter is they living are. for his person. And Diane doesn't want that. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> I know there's so oh, much man, to I, do. I want more phrases. It's... No, there is, but I love the fact there's a fine line between living, like, wanting the best for your part. Okay, you know, here, that's a better way to put it. There's a fine line between loving and growing for partner and not having your own shit. And that's kind of the issue that as it goes on that Mr. Peanut Butter has because so much of his of himself is tied to whoever he's with. Um, you see Katrina. it with his, uh, his uh, first wife. And it's one... Yeah, and it's one of those things you go, oh, this is a pattern and just no one's Yeah, we see that in season it. five. No that's really what we'll, it with we'll it. really dive into and, Mr. Peanut Butter and his love languages then, but... For the purpose of this season, I mean, you see him and Diane start to crumble, and they were they were shaky in season one, guys. Like we pointed it out, you can go see it. Yeah, it's 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 sad because again, it's not coming That's from most of a love. Place, honestly, uh, I mean, him, fuck even Bojack, just... even fucking Bojack. True. He's genuinely not trying to be malicious. <laughs> Even when he is being malicious, blatantly. Like with Todd's rock opera, it's like he's just so desperate to cling on to what he has. And all we have is our own experience. And I think, or I know rather, one of the things that has made me the happiest and made me feel the best is that people only operate to what they know and it's best no matter how bad it hurts it's best to always assume positive intent people can only meet you where the fuck they're at even if you're yeah. cheated on which lord knows i've been it's like yeah we've all been there I mean, fuck um, they're operating on their own level of consciousness and you can you can hold them accountable and, you know, exit their life. But if you continue to see the world as if they're operating, everyone's operating on malintent, everybody's trying to hurt you, guess what? You're going to be fucking miserable. 
and it's and it's a, it's an exhausting mindset. It spirals into every facet of your down. behavior and every relationship. Yeah, it, I mean, Bojack's a prime fucking example. Yeah, so he has a secretariat role and he's just he is not getting it. And and I so as an artist, I will say this is maybe outside the last two seasons, this is probably the season that hurts me the most because he gets his dream role. He gets where he wants in spite of himself because She's so Princess amazing. Carolyn's fucking amazing. In spite of himself, he gets he gets his dream role and he is just, he is he is fucking himself out of it in a way that I'm like, dude, you need to get it together. Like, God, like, I found myself getting it's legal in Arizona God, too. Legal here in, in the vet because I'll yep. this. Thank God. I oh, say as oh, I reach over right, and grab God. my marijuana <laughs> <pen>. uh. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's so frustrating watching because you're just like, dude, get it together. Come on. This is what you want. Why are you not taking this fucking seriously? And you just feel the pressure getting to him. Hmm. I am completely blanking on it, so you're going to have to help me out here. Kelsey um, Janning. The, the director, uh, the first director that he has. for the. Thank you. She's amazing. And one of... The thing I one of the things I love about her, she has this adorable fascination with Todd. Like Todd's the one person she likes. She's like, oh, you have a like, like a mm-hmm. like a like a comforting face. I guess the term he uses, and he kind of goes like, oh, and he's always like, like kind of looking down sheepishly at his feet whenever it's he. A, compliments it's so him. wholesome it's, their it's relationship. Really cute. So I wish we would have. Let's more. let's start from the beginning. Kelsey Jannings. She is a stone cold bitch, but she knows what she's doing. She has a vision for this film. Yeah, she, she has does. a schedule for this crew. Yeah, she she is fucking on one, one hundred percent of the time. And the only time we really get to see her be be vulnerable is when Todd just kind of wanders upset. She's like, "Hey, who's this? I like his face. Got a nice face. Do you want a cookie?" He's like, "Uh." somebody get this guy a cookie like she is just so adamant about making sure that he is comfortable it's we need more of that we need more people looking out for todd lord knows fucking bojack doesn't i mean he does in his own right but like uh (laughs) again in his own right because that's the only standard we can hold people to is like their own level of consciousness and we can choose to be a part of it or we can choose to walk away. But yeah, so Todd is, is better realized in, in, in in this season. It's an underrated episode, but I fucking love the episode uh, chickens because that's where uh, Todd, Kelsey Janning's uh, daughter, where Todd, Diane and um, thank you go on this insane thing involving chickens in the This police, is when we meet Malmiel Fuzzy Face. He's the he- lead detective yet- for the LAPD. He's a cat, right? And um, he's a loose cannon. Yeah. Yes, he's a cat. <laughs> in this episode, they do a whole thing. They're like, is he a loose cannon or a hunter? Help me out. I'm blinking. What was the other thing that we're um, 
Uh, son of a bitch. So the precinct blinking, spends like so much time figuring out yeah. if uh, Meow Meow Fuzzy Face is a loose cannon or, um, I don't know, some other kind of fucking cop. Whether the kind of cops are there other than the ones who kill fucking black people. But we won't get into that right now. <laughs> that's a whole um, fucking yeah, episode. A, yeah, that, episode. yeah, that's Fuck a you, thing. Fuck you, Derek Chauvin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway... So the whole episode is Todd is helping this fugitive chicken. Oh, and here's another episode where fucking the writers just killed it on the public, the media, advertising, factory farming. So they have chickens as, you know, personified as people in the show as humans and then there's also this chicken for days factory farm. And there's a little chicken on TV on their ads. They're like, well, what's the difference between us chickens and eating chickens? And he's like, well, son, you know, chickens from when they're born are injected with hormones. And that's how you know those are the chickens for eating. And they just bring up the cruelty of factory farming and how it's... It's a whole goddamn thing, but Todd gets in the middle of it and saves one of these factory farm chickens and is avoiding the police, and it's a really good episode, guys. It's it's amazing how casually they bring it up, and just as the show, as the episode goes on, you go... Oh, this yeah, because is where it you're doesn't going. take it's, away it's from the really plot. well executed. It doesn't I mean, take away so from Todd the underlying issue. Is Todd is like, what's my purpose? What do I do every day? And then he gets an opportunity to help a fugitive chicken escape from this factory farm. <laughs> and so there's that cutaway. <laughs> and then in the same same episode, Diane ends up helping Todd because she catches him with this fugitive chicken. She's like, oh my God, what are you doing? And he's like, don't you ever, and she's, you know, inclined to be like, uh, turn yourself in, like, get rid of this chicken, this'll help all your problems go away, you know, she's inclined to quote-unquote do the right thing, and he's like, don't you feel like you're just doing the wrong thing by doing the right thing, what about your underlying purpose, and that's something that Diane has struggled with since episode fucking one, you guys, like, she... She's just as adrift, and so when she gets the opportunity to, like, do what feels right, yeah, she helps Todd out with this fugitive chicken, and it's great. It was it was really cool that she kind of oh my fucking uh, god! Did you have this written uh, down? (laughs) Like each episode, you're like, I want to make this joke about this fucking thing. No, these are all these are. Hand, I'm hand going in raw. I don't top. even have any I, I, fucking I notes. I took them. I just <laughs> off the top. They're around here somewhere. So, <laughs> kudos, kudos. No, I got you. But, but okay. So, so we have to talk about Wasn't the second episode. I really wanted to address. <sighs> and <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, this, so this is for me. This is for me. Top. Hmm. This is for me. Top five oh, episodes of the whole season, okay. and we'll get to our final thoughts after this. <gasps> Oh, Escape from God. LA is such a yep. kick in the balls. It is one of the most heartbreaking. So the first, so I started watching this with my partner, 
And so, you know, it, it was, one, you. Uh, love you, love you, Leia, love you, baby. Um, but it was one of those things where I started the show. I think I was at season in and she asked me like, what episode are you on? I'm like, oh, I'm on season two episode. I think, I think I was on chickens or something like that. And so she went, okay. And I think she caught up within like a day. Good for and fucking like, her. Right, cool, Add a girl. So we were watching Escape from L. Add a fucking oh, yeah, girl, no, dude. Oh, yeah, no. She's she's really great at binging shit when she needs to. But she really is. But we're watching. So we're watching the Escape from L.A. episode together. And Bojack basically has a mental breakdown, leaves Secretariat, and goes to New Mexico. Now, um, Herb it was. Oh, so uh, she was. She was a friend of. Yeah, uh, she was Herb Kazaz's girlfriend she, she, at the date, time in the early him, 80s right? where married. Herb got discovered. Bojack gets his first shot at fame, and the girlfriend, her name is Charlotte. She's a deer, and in this ep, you know, in the episode flashback, she she leaves L.A. She walks away from it. She's like, you know, this town is really superficial, and I see, I see more than that. So she's introduced originally in the first season during Bojack's bender in his subconscious mind. She's like. Why don't you run away with me to Maine? Come to Maine. And he plays out this whole life in his head with her in his drug trip where they have a daughter and her name's Harper and they live in Maine and they have this beautiful life. And when he's old in that life, he's like, what are you thinking about, honey? To Charlotte, the dear, the ex-girlfriend of Herb Kazaz, who he goes to see in New Mexico. She goes, oh, I'm just thinking how great it could have been if you had chosen this life. And then they, we see her again at Herb's funeral in season two because he died, you know, having cancer, this whole thing. And after he and Wanda break up in season two, he's just... He's completely without direction. He's like, I don't know what to do. This movie is falling apart. My relationship is falling apart. And Diane's like, well, let me ask, when was the last time you were happy? And he was like, oh, it was 30 years ago when I was fucking around with Herb and his girlfriend. Herb's dead. So he drives to where the ex-girlfriend lives in New Mexico. Just shows up out of the blue, drives overnight, she comments, she's like, you look like shit. And, yeah, and she brings him to her home yeah. in New Mexico <laughs> she's where wrong. she's married. She has two children. And Bojack's completely taken aback. He's like, oh, I wasn't expecting a husband and kids. What was he expecting? We don't know. Probably someone to fucking nurture him and feel sorry for him, take care of him and fix all his issues and take him back to... A time where he was actually happy. What ends up happening, you guys, is he ends up yeah. living at this... He lives at this woman's house. Yeah, and he makes, you know, makes friends with the whole family. But he ends up in a twist... What, 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 what? Oh, whoa, 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 let's save it. Let's, let's save Let's build up to that. All right. Because I want to... I, well, I, which I wanna bit? I want to save that bit. <laughs> okay, you go, um, you go, you go. But, so... <laughs> So okay, so, so so he's he's lived there for two months. Princess Carolyn, God bless her, and is he could about be sued, hernia, by the way, for breach of contract for not LA. showing up for his film, I, his job. 
Yeah, so I was really happy they brought that up because she's like, what the line she has is, uh, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but she goes, I just want to know if your pants are comfortable because they're gonna sue, yes. they're gonna sue them off of you if you don't get back to fucking work. Which I went, that's fucking amazing. So, Penny, her daughter, Penny um, oh, what's her daughter's name? Remind me. Crap. Thank you. She's a Penny senior. is in high school. I can't. Is she sixteen? Well, she's just learning to drive, and okay, she even she says she's something. the last in her class um, to not have her license. Which is part of why her and Bojack form a relationship. He helps teach her how to drive. Okay, so. So, the thing is, as I'm watching this with my partner, I was watching it for a raised eyebrow the whole time. Because I'm sitting there going, okay, Bojack is being genuinely sweet to her, being cool with the family. Like, he's taken back, obviously, at first by the husband, but actually seems like they're going getting along. But the show, the show is the show. At some point, you're sitting there going, okay, the bottom's going to fall out at some point. It's just an issue of how it's going to fall out. And so Penny is really yeah, infatuated with this one guy. Um, I, I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> thank you. But I, I was going to say Carlos. I just don't Se- know why I Second guess this. was Diego. Like, I'd just like to point out. But Thank you. But, thank you. But bravo. But she he she doesn't have anyone to take her to prom. So Bojack goes. This okay, is what I'll I was gonna spoil, like, by the way. Okay. Like again, sweet gesture. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I stopped you because I wanted to build up to this. So so He says good. good. It's going well, good, question uh, mark. <laughs> it's going. It's not fucking weird yet, basically. So yeah. No. yeah. It's it's not. And until they okay, the they booze, already had went, okay. So they hey, start off the night. Why are you doing- Penny, her best friend, um, her best friend's date, Pete, repeat, and BoJack, and her friend whips <laughs> yeah. out a flask and he's like, "Responsible adult over here, hand me that." He's like, "Ugh, Red Bull vodka. You're gonna get a stomach ache." He empties out her flask and fills it with bourbon. And water. He's like, drink this. You won't get as drunk as fast. Won't have a hangover. Whatever it is, he says. Yeah. And then... But then... So you get to prom. Things are going alright. And then they end up leaving prom. Because Bojack tries to have everyone do this dance. Which I'm so happy they address that shit not everyone just went oh we're gonna listen to this old horse and do this fucking day i i was very happy the show didn't just go yep let's have the kids do the dance because yeah fuck that so they end up uh they end up like out in the they middle tie of nowhere and they set this like balloons and they let them off, out right? across the desert so you're in the red rock that's what it is see thinking. the stars they climb up the water tower it's pretty fucking picturesque so you have this naive high school girl with this older it man is. having the night of her life because she's finally swept away from her infatuation with Diego, who was a dick and didn't take her to prom after leading her on for months. That's why Bojack came into the picture. So now she's like, she's, you know, looking at the scenery and she's like, I never got a chance to dance. 
not my prom. Bojack steps in, being the ever opportune. Well, no, he was doing it out of good at that point. He was like, yeah, it was still wholesome at this point. He was I, like, well, I, I think at that point dance? it was still good. And so they're they're dancing, and it's yeah. a really sweet scene, and you can tell. To Bojack, what it feels in that moment is it feels like he's almost doing something nice for, like, a little sister. Or, and then... Yeah. And then... And then yeah, I'll do that. And then they get, ba- and then they get back to, uh, to the house, and... Well, wait, before they get back to the house, the to friend Charlotte has and... alcohol poisoning... They're freaking oh, out. They interrupt right. Penny yeah. and Bojack's dance. They're like, you yeah. guys, we don't know what to do. She's not waking up. So Bojack orchestrates them going to the ER and just dropping the two friends off and him and Penny dip because he didn't want to get in trouble. He's like, it just looks bad if there's an adult with minors. You get the idea. I'm just going to leave. You're going to say you don't know where she got the booze. Like he totally just bails out on any responsibility. So him and Penny head home, and Penny's Penny's fucked up, you guys. She's like, did we do the right thing back there? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, of course we did. Yeah. And that's... Which is just such a horrible message, which is why I was like, dude, why did you give him the booze in the first fucking place? You should have just poured that shit out. But, yeah. And, and so we get to the point where he goes and talks to Charlotte. And again, because Charlotte has listened to him. He, she's oh, and Charlotte's husband stay at is their out of place town. And or all sleeping? This. Uh, One of them. Sleeping. Sleeping. Yeah, no, he's sleeping because she makes a comment that he's right downstairs. And... Bojack, in the most inappropriate way, goes ahead and goes down this road down memory lane with her and kisses her, which, again, he should not have done, and does the whole thing that he normally does of, you know, I love you, let's just get up and leave together, which I'm like, Jesus he Christ, He doesn't dude, know like, how to calm, calm down, the, like, he acts calm the fuck purely down, on like, impulse, how the fuck ever. I know he doesn't. <laughs> It's just like, ah, uh, and so, you know, she tells him that, you know, I can't have you around anymore. Well, I mean, he's sad. begging her to Which, leave her family ouch. and she's like, hey, <laughs> why the fuck do you just get to show up after I have worked so hard to build my family? And she's like, no, you, you make me too sad. And I never understood the gravity of that until I watched the series like a number of times. <laughs> um he's still the same you know it's 30 years later and she's moved on and he's still he's still living in the 80s he's stunted it's it's hard to watch you know he was a big part in her life and he's just he's gone he's stuck there And so, you know, she flat out says, like, you know, like, you like you need to peace out. And he goes, you know, okay. And then he runs into Penny again. And Penny goes, and again, I can't remember if they say she's 16 or 17. So, quick quick story time. I will be the first to admit, again, far be it from me to tell anyone how to live their life. 
you don't know what you're doing at 16. You, you barely know what you're doing at 21. I hooked up with a 30-year-old when I was like, 15 you, like, because I it, thought that was the right thing to do. I was fucking, I was living, like, my dad was basically a bachelor. It was this weird fucking situation. It was very similar to fucking BoJack. Now that I look back on it, his fucking alcoholic roommate my dad had that we worked together at a restaurant and they, like, took on this. He called me little sis, Hunter. And later preyed on me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, 15. And so this particular scene where Penny, they run into each other and she's like, the legal age of consent in New Mexico, the state they're in, she's like, is this, I know how to use a condom. I can put one on with my mouth. And even Bojack, he's like, the fuck? your mouth what are they teaching you in this school yeah he's like yeah he's like what he's like what yeah which the moment he said that i went dude red and flag, originally nice to meet you like he, turn okay the so here's the thing he his- tells her he's like go to bed penny and he goes to his room but here's the thing guys he leaves the bedroom door open he tells this young girl, right, he tells this young girl, go to bed. Which she should not. While leaving his door open. What kind of message is that sending? A very bad one. And the thing is, the way this scene breaks down, um, the glow stick uh, blimp or whatever, it 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 comes into their yard and Charlotte sees it and the way the 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 way it's animated the way it's shot you get this third person point of view the the score ramps yeah, the up score a bit. changes it's really shot like a horror film um, and yeah and in in the first Aren't time I'm all? watching this with Alea I'm sitting there going <laughs> dude I'm like no like I was pu- I was pulling the I was pulling the Shia LaBeouf in a good way. I was going no 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 no. I was doing that shit. I'm like for the love of God, dude. And so Charlotte walks in. Well, no, before she walks in, she's walking up to his room, and and all of a sudden you hear like this clank clank clank, and then you hear shh 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 shh. And she's like, naturally, as a mom should be, Charlotte kind of stops by the door like the fuck, and she gets the gut instinct to open it, and when she does. She sees her daughter undoing, so her 17-year-old daughter undoing Bojack's bow tie. And the first thing she says, she goes, no. And it's this haunting, oh, by the way, Olivia Wilde is is Charlotte. And she fucking kills it. This is not like her last time in the series. I mean, you would think... But it gets nope. better. <laughs> to quote my um, my favorite comedian, I'm new in town and it gets worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I fucking love Mulaney, but that's not a N- nice Mulaney reference. We'll have another discussion about that another day. So Penny, the woman who, or Charlotte, the woman who Bojack just was like, run away with me what you and I have is real. And she's like, you make me too sad. You need to get out of my house. She then walks in on a sexual 
encounter between him and her 17-year-old daughter. And naturally, she's just like, Penny, go to your room. And she's like this creepy calm. Like, you can hear just the level of, like, fuck this in her voice. And Penny, she's she's ashamed. And it's, ugh, I feel for her bad. And yeah. she's like, Mom, we didn't, we and that's didn't one of those... do anything. And she's like, now. Yeah. Like, just, she's just trying to remove her daughter and get her to a safe situation. And poor Penny runs out crying, you guys. And so... And I have this written down. It's the last note I have on my page notes here. Uh, so Bojack yep. tries to go Charlotte and she goes, don't, don't you dare. If you're not out of my driveway in 30 minutes, and if you and try to contact me or my slam. family again, like, I'll fucking mm. kill you. And I remember, and I remember my jaw, which is, I might oh, watch that. Elaine and I looked at each other after, like, like, holy we're done shit. And, I just love it so much. <laughs> it, oh, it's one of the it's one of the best scenes in the show as far as acting. And here, here's my only real complaint about season two. I hate that there's a second. Ep- I hate that there's an episode. It's an this. important. I one really hate Todd. that there's another episode. I really wish they would have. It Ooh. is, but I I almost wish they would have flipped them. Honestly, I just I. I really wanted it's gonna sound dark, but stick with me, your people. I wanted that dread to kind of carry over to season. They make up for that that to be the last my friend. I get what you're getting at. I I I mean they 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 do, but I for how powerful that scene is and how royally he fucks up. I was just like, again, <laughs> sure. I admit that is a personal, that is a personal choice. I would have personally loved that to have been the last, uh, the last episode of the season. Um, I, again, just me. But, but they're sticking true to their algorithm, like, which is it, like shock, climax, holy fuck, second to last episode. And then the last episode is that resolve. And it kind of sets the scene for the wrap up and they do such a good job at that wrap up. And God, I, mean, I feel like we don't have enough time to unpack the finale. We almost got through the first two seasons. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I mean, well, I mean, you know, you but talk about the climax. I mean, there could have been Sagittary one. Sagittarius. I don't yeah, know how to they, feel right now, but that da, 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 was so da, da, fucking da. funny. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but, I mean, again, so as I point out to someone, just because it's legal doesn't mean you should do it. Because, again, like, come on, y'all. Like, look, and I can't, again, I was mentioning this earlier, far it be for me to tell people how to live your lives. But if you can so, wait like, till you're 18, I feel like, like I just have you're 18, to say, like, like, I lost I'll, my virginity I'll, at 14. Like, you cannot tell people anything who are young. Like, thankfully, thankfully, I lost my virginity to another 14-year-old. But let's oh, fucking tell people who know better. Like, you know, BoJack. 
It's like, hey, you know, even though it's fucking legal in New Mexico to sleep with a 17-year-old, maybe, just a thought, don't fucking sleep with a 17-year-old. We men, women, we need to hold people to a higher standard. We can't just, like, hear these stories and say, oh, good job, dude. No. Fuck that. That era is fucking over. And it needs to be done. Yeah. Oh, it's 11-11. Make a wish. If the person you're sleeping with has, <laughs> got it. Um, if you're, if if you're if you're about to sleep with someone and their DVR has anything that says Disney Channel original series, you probably shouldn't be fucking. Them. So wait, like seriously, just fucking wait. Now, I mean, I lost mine when I was. Well, really. Eight. Three. Not judging, just surprised. Twenty-five. My bad. Twenty-five. But um, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'll I'll be real. I could not have handled sex. I mean, you I, don't. I couldn't handle that. Fucking... To be honest, so when we'll take so, some conversation offline. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but but honestly, though, like if if you can wait, honestly, wait and. Here's the thing. This is the last thing I'll say about it. Don't build it up in your head, but at the same time, don't give the shit away. Like, have some respect for yourself and do it when you want to do it. Like, because the people who say, oh, I'm fucking all the time in high school, probably lying. So, like, just do go ahead and take your time with it. Do have a lot of viewers under the age of 18 that we need to, like, need call to that out with. to in this all right. episode? With I'm that just, said. That's more me being curious. <laughs> I... I I don't you know we should so, do honestly, we should do a segment about fucking we'll rape this, apologists but... in the media so you and I can just have an entire episode on that and talk to social issues and we can talk oh my god oh my god we'll take this conversation right. offline we'll take this conversation that offline but you guys you I <laughs> and Hunter I am just so grateful that I got to have this conversation with you I am honored that my opinion mattered enough about this quote-unquote dumb cartoon that i'm so passionate about thank you for uh, one listening to me and being able to watch the show i'm so glad you had a connection with it i'm so glad you welcomed me here to talk about it with you like i can't wait to review the next couple of seasons for those who are still listening thank you for dealing my rambling (laughs) so so to be fair Oh my gosh, no, you're fine. So to be fair, I, I, I think it's only fair real quick to talk about the finale. Todd becomes a part of an improv group, which is a lot funnier than I actually <laughs> thought it was gonna be because there's a lot of like if you if you're a drama or a theater kid, I graduated they take a lot of shots at improv. Yeah, myself school, included. I, I, I found myself good. I have been okay, so from the time I was in second grade to my senior year. I did high not school, know that. I was in at least Two plays a year, sometimes three. Like, I played Juliet in my school play of Romeo and Juliet. Like, I've got some acting under my belt. And uh, to see this cutaway of Todd being picked up by an improv group, and they do a lot of comparisons of improv to Scientology. So there's this running joke throughout. They're like, no, it's not... Scientology is not a cult. That's improv. And oh man, I'm going to rewatch that episode so we can talk about that for seasons three and four. 
it's amazing. It's it's quite hilarious because I mean, and 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 let's be clear: the only difference between they're you know, all uh, a fucking I mean, cult. Most religions are a cult. I mean, even Christianity. Sorry, but but so you know, like people, you know, the only reason Scientology is actually I was but, gonna um, say Scientology gets rid of people, but now I just thought about Christianity. Wah, wah, wah. Anyways, but but, <laughs> but I love this episode because. Because Todd does get his own, Todd does get his own thing, and Bojack does have to. And, and Todd, I think it's the episode prior. No, it's not the episode prior. I think it's a couple of uh, episode ten. Uh, yes, and he asked Bojack, like, dude, I'm kind of premiering tonight. It'd be real. Yeah, he cool, doesn't because like, he runs away to and Bojack New Mexico because like, his damn it. relationship like, falls apart and he just bails. And again, he's not thinking about Todd. He never thinks about Todd other than how Todd can serve his need of feeling less alone and less shitty. That's just that's just how it be. True. True. But I love that uh there's this scene in uh in the finale where uh the guy who uh, the, the, the head whole improv name. group goes ahead and walks Todd to his chamber. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he walks Todd to his room, his uh, his uh, chambers, and it's just a bucket in the corner of the room and like a pissy mattress. And he tells him, "Oh, you can improv using the power of improv. You can make this room to whatever you want." I went, "My it God, is. That is there's a whole that documentary about that." With, anyway, oh, we'll unpack that really... later. <laughs> but it's but to wrap we'll up there. here, um, because. I do actually want to grade both seasons. First season of Bojack, first season of Bojack, I think is so well done. It it's clearly still finding its footing, which isn't a bad I thing. I give it I a mean, seven and a half seasons, out of ten. You know, for me personally, do you know it, it's re- wow? You're going wh- oh 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 so Wait, okay seven maybe and a half out of so, ten. Uh, you can give it a How C? does math really? work? Okay, way? hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's a C. <laughs> I'm a psychology major, you guys. I'm so, not right, a math yeah, I'll major. See you if we're looking at it, how it, that so, translates yeah. to actual numbers. Yeah, so <laughs> season one of BoJack for me gets an 85. So was that B plus? B plus. That's like a B. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah. I mean, so if you, okay, so I mean, I Ooh, would give okay. it. Okay, you give it B plus. Okay, I'd give an A minus. I, I, I think for. Uh, I think for a premiere because again the the video game thing that hit me so fucking hard because I'll be honest I forgot about that and I just got pissed off all over again I'm like you're a bastard but like I got really angry at that so I was like you fucking prick so the fact that hit me as hard as it did I went okay bravo and I love the way that the episode uh, the finale of yeah. season one later ends because I'm a huge Tegan Sarah nerd too. And I was it's like, oh, so man. fucking like, I, good. And they, the music uh, all overall yeah. on the show is so oh. fucking perfect. Like it's it, it it's so good. Um <laughs> I will say I got really high last night watching. I think it's episode eleven where Diane turns into this like fucking yes, weird ass yep, creature in my 11, high ass was not prepared for that. So thank Bojack you. Is <laughs> is and he goes, Oh yeah, shit. I didn't, I'm I didn't like that tripping. at all. Yeah, but yep, that's downer ending. Yeah, that was that was scary. So I'd give 
So I'd give season That's one an A minus because again, it's still finding its footing. I'm not great. Like some of the Todd stuff doesn't work, but but it's it's a great it's a great first season. The I second give it season, a I think is I'm gonna be real. I give it an A plus. I don't want you know what. So I. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go our highest rating. I'd give a fan fucking tastic just because of just episode. Yeah. Episode uh, 11, Escape from L.A. alone gets it to a fan fucking tastic just because my, my gripe with the episode after notwithstanding, you have two of the best episodes of the show here. You have the Escape from L.A. and you have Hank mm-hmm. After Dark. And the fact that both of those hit as hard as they do for me, I I think it's the best season of television of all time. time. Like, it might be like rare yeah i do i think yes it's my favorite favorite season and i have my favorite episode that pretty much wraps up the whole series for me that's gonna come later don't want to give a spoiler but overall holistically season two is the best season of bojack for me okay okay um yeah, for me, just the, the episodes really do just hit here and you feel you really do feel the confidence uh that the writers have going like, okay, we've mm-hmm. we've got this now. And again, yesterday land, the Disneyland shit is just that shit was so fucking funny to me. So just off that alone, it's a fan fucking tastic for me. It's probably my second favorite Really? Now so I'm, I'm curious. Okay, I'm not gonna ask you is, like offline because uh, I wanna hear it like yeah. with everybody but yeah but <laughs> but everyone thank you so much for listening i know this is a long one there's a lot to talk about with bojack but uh so but much. kayla thank i love you, you so much listening. thank you so much if for being so on um so everyone please thank listen you. to us <laughs> um Please uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Podcasts. Ooh, you're on iHeartRadio. Fucking on iHeart Radio, fancy. Spotify, to name a God couple damn. places. Um, we are. Oh, and uh, Amazon Music. Uh, Amazon oh, Music shit. and TuneUp. All right. Good for and you, man. And you can man. find us on YouTube now. Um, so, and... And uh, don't forget to like uh, like our game, uh, our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. I'm going to be hopping on Twitch this month. I will keep you guys updated on that. And then don't forget to follow yours truly on Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. That's R-E-E-L Pineapple. And follow my colleague Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. <laughs> uh, everyone will have reviews up here. Actually, I don't know what I'm going to post this, so I'm not going to say what I'm going to have reviews up for. But we'll have more reviews coming your way. Thank you so much, Happy everyone. Goodbye. Stay safe. Get your vaccine. Wear a mask, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>